No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. And I'm not really 100% sure how to explain the conversation that I'm about to have. I feel like I might end up titling it something like The Biggest Hater. That's good. Or something like that. Like the number one troll. The top in like a weird participant in the No Jumper cinematic universe, but like not directly, but clearly visible on the perimeter. We got MJTV in here. Man, long time in the long time in the making, bro. I appreciate you. Uh, yeah, I know you got an interesting story. You're somebody who's like gained my curiosity pretty much through DMing me. Man, shit, bro. <laughs> so it worked. You got to do whatever you got to do, right? <laughs> nah, but bro, crazy shit is like I came out here several years ago like almost two and a half three years ago mm -hmm. with the thoughts of you know coming here being an intern working with you and just been sparked with interest with all the shit that you've accomplished so bro i'm telling you wildest shit trying to get to you bro really? i didn't link with hampton brandon did some wild because he showed me a dm with you like i could get you near him. so and, I had and to he scammed you he didn't scam me, bro, but I linked with him, right? And I'm thinking, all right, bro, he showed me a DM with you. I'm fresh from Arizona. Like, oh, shit, bro, he really knows Adam. I'm linked with him, you know? What year was this? This was like 2000, maybe 2020, 2021, maybe. I don't think I've seen Hampton Brandon since like 2018. Since that, the, it's the been shit a while. he came. Yeah, no, but I just, that's why he fooled me. Because I looked at it and I seen just, just you replying, just confirmed that he wasn't lying, you know? Well, I did interview him back in the day. Yeah, right, right. But... This nigga, we link up or whatnot, so we link. Um, this nigga's damn near breaking into houses and shit. Like I'm thinking, he's about to go do some other shit. I link with him, right? Pick him up. He's he's talking about he's about to go spend a night at somebody's house. Meanwhile, he waits three, four hours. I go check on him. This nigga's breaking into a house, Philly sleep. Tell my bro, it's all good. They don't come. I do this all the time. <laughs> I'm like, damn, bro, what the hell? Just crazy shit just happening. He's just on trying some to get tweaker to or what? At the time, bro, the whip it shit, bro, damn near almost, he's big as shit, bro. I'm 5'9", 150 pounds. We almost got into it. I didn't pull down in the middle of the road. Damn near tried to stab him because this nigga's big as shit. He keeps talking crazy and off the whippets, you know? And he's like, just like in a whippet coma. He's just like in a trance off of whippets. Bro, you know, he niggas just get, I don't know what whippets do. Just make him hella aggressive. So he like pull in here. I'm driving. Like, turn over here. Turn over here. Nah, bro, don't do that. So, you know, I just got frustrated with him and pulled over. Yeah, some of his homies with him in the back, they're all cool and shit too. But I had to just pull out, like, bro, stop talking to me crazy and shit. Damn, you're stabbed his big ass. <laughs> but that's literally just trying to get next to you type shit. Tell me about Kenya and coming from Kenya. When did you leave Kenya? So I left Kenya at um, at the age of four, right? Four, and at the okay. age of four, we came here through the refugee camp and we were granted refugee beneficiaries. So your parents left knowing that they would be able to stay here or no that's what well, left rolled africa dice. yeah can that's... you pull that celsius in a little bit i feel like it was about to fall off the edge oh, I guess so. <laughs> um, uh, yeah but so they, they just came here because they were just desperate to get the fuck out of kenya hell yeah my nigga. like we don't have like food we don't have running water we don't have nothing but the crazy part is the refugee process not everyone's guaranteed nobody's guaranteed matter of fact it's uh -huh. just like the luck of the draw lucky type shit like i still have family members from when we left still there waiting to be granted really so we come here, it's my mom, my dad, seven siblings and shit. It's seven of us. Mm -hmm. They move us into a, a studio apartment, fresh out of Kenya. We don't speak English. We don't, nothing. We seven people all in one studio apartment, fresh out of Africa. Shit, it was happy as f That's a mansion compared to a hut. 
Mm-hmm. Like I'm born without birth certificate. I was born without like real nurses and shit. And were you just getting like welfare, like food, yeah. food assistance from the government or some shit? Hell yeah, very like he, like damn near my whole my whole childhood. Of course, like a Section Eight, uh, food stamps, all of that stuff. What do your parents start doing to start putting money on the table or so, food on the table? A very common um, job or occupation for Africans is taxi drivers. Okay. So like my dad just became a taxi driver and his up on them because they work like 24 hour days like they work 18 hours a day really feel me so started doing that moms became like a uh a, a prep prep cook type shit okay so started doing that started putting food on the table slowly started elevating elevating type shit and did they keep having kids or they capped out at seven no they we was already we were five so okay. they capped out they brought you know once we got to five got here to america and then Okay, and so uh, what what was school like and shit? Like, like, and how did you end up? And they moved to L.A.? No, no, Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, they moved to Arizona. No, my bad. We moved to Seattle first. Okay. And then we stayed there for several years. The cost of living just was so f***ed up, so Arizona's cheap as shit. So that's why it's like... So yeah. when, when did you come to L.A.? I came to L.A. three years ago. Okay. And beyond that, I was living in Arizona, grew up in Arizona for like 10 years. And what was the plan when you made it to L.A.? Why'd you come here? So I came here because I'm from Arizona, like I said, right? So there's no opportunity. Matter of fact, let me ask you this. Name a rapper from Arizona. Name a content creator. Name an influencer. I just had this conversation with Bootleg Kev because he has like a club out in Arizona and stuff. And Mm. basically Arizona's been dry, I believe, is the consensus for like the entirety of, which is it's crazy because when you think like, L.A. has a million influential rappers. There's all kinds of other cities all throughout California. Mm-hmm. But then you go to San Diego, and there's almost none. Right. And then you go, like, you know, Arizona, for those who don't know, you could drive there in, like, what, like, four hours or five, yeah. five hours? Yeah. like, And no real rappers. But same thing. New York has a million legendary rappers. Mm-hmm. The closest city to me growing up, I grew up about 45 minutes away from Boston. Boston a handful of like relevant rappers but for the most part nobody nope. really made any noise it's weird how that happens yeah and it's crazy because like like you said boston's close to a big market just like we're close to a big market yeah so arizona boston's a four-hour drive from new york and and it's like the difference exact. between like having a, a huge percentage of the most legendary rappers and almost none L- literally Very weird. literally that's the exact same situation so i'm thinking like someone has to bridge this gap someone has to like make it a way to where Arizona artists were four hours away of the Mecca, uh, one of the Meccas of hip hop. Mm. And you're telling me for all of these years, we haven't had one established artist. Something's wrong right there. So boom, I came out here, started networking, doing interviews. Um, Shout out Crip Mac, free him, man, free Crip Mac. Were you tapped in with him early on? Early on. I think literally I was like literally a week or a couple of days after I seen him on No Jumper, I booked him for an interview. Oh, okay. So he was at like 28,000 subscribers. Right. So, like I said, worked with him. That shit did pretty good. So appreciate him for that as well. And then just you know started Bosco, other Los Angeles content creators, influencers, right? Mm-hmm. So just started doing that. Was able to network and, and get. How my, much you pay, Crip Mac? Three hundred. And then early days. He oh yeah. Charged more towards the end of his tenure. A good good band, good band now. But yeah, yeah I, I, shit, I didn't mind too. But speaking of paying artists, man, like or influencers. I mean, f***ed over like three, four times just trying to pay interviews and shit. So, so okay, who 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 fucked you over? There's multiple right now. So, um, there was your former bodyguard. We didn't squash <laughs> it up, you know. <laughs> okay, but what what did you try to pay him for? 
Kiki. Uh, okay, this is smart. Uh, that's a good question. I would love to know. I, I didn't have anything to do with this. No, no, it's all good. I mean, we, you know, we already water under the bridge. Shout out to him. Okay. But um, so yeah, I, I DM'd him when he got to the pop up, right? Yep. So I'm reaching out to him at the pop up. He's legendary doing, era. Yeah, man. Shout out Rick and Ralph. Good guys over there, man. Great era. But <laughs> no, they about to re they about to resurface. But so I reached out to him. I'm like, uh, let's get an interview in. Literally just to connect with the no jumper audience, the no jumper ether, basically. Mm -hmm. So just did that. Get in the mix. That's smart. If yeah. I was in your shoes and I'm trying to like get into the whole podcasting world, that is what you gotta do. You gotta find more low level people, connect with them because somebody like me's got too much information coming in and then maybe you can kinda like worm your way into getting some kind of oh, thing going on. I respect that. Yeah, I mean I've been DMing you for almost close to three and a half, four years now. Mm -hmm. Is just now, you know, ha manifested. So with him, I reached out to him. He was like, "Yeah, it's all good. That's not an issue. You know, it's gonna help me network. Paying for the the interview is not a big thing to me. I don't look down on it." So I'm like, "Sure, yeah, bro. Uh, it's gonna be two fifty, or however much the money was." I'm like, "All right, bet. I'm gonna send you the money. I'm gonna do my little Instacart, my DoorDash orders, and then give me a day or two. I'm gonna send it in full." So I do my little DoorDash, my Instacart. You know, stack up my little bread. Mind you, I'm living in the car mm. in LA. This is like. A, Obviously, you know. Like so when you moved out here, you never had a spot. You were always staying in the car. No, I mean, so when I first moved out here, I was with a couple of the African homies, okay. you know. So couch to couch type shit, mm. and then just got you know when you overstay your welcome, you can. It's not on them. It's just like all right, my nigga, you you know what I mean. No, a tough it's, place to make it when it's so fucking expensive to get an apartment or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm like, damn, I don't want to be no burden. So I'm like, I'm gonna just thug it out the car. So I start thugging it out the car. And then, um, where's the best neighborhoods to park the car? You're, that's such a great question. I have a TikTok that has over like 10 million views just about my day to day life, um, living out the car. But the best areas, whether it's a city, is going to be Beverly Hills and obviously the, the nice areas. But in terms of places for all those people going through a struggle, you should sleep um, hospitals. So hospitals have public um, parking, right? Because emergency rooms, anyone can go in there. Okay. So I'm in there, park up there, good sleep, security, police down there. Mm. You're good. They're uh, near schools because obviously you're going to wake up early morning and get away from the area, right? Right. So near school because they have cameras everywhere. So okay. if someone tries to break in, which has happened to me while I've been sleeping so in the car. you're sleeping in the car and people try to oh, run up God, in there. Oh, God, I turned to a straight bitch. I start screaming loud <laughs> as hell because I'm asleep and I'm so disoriented. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no way someone's breaking in the car. Someone starts shingling the, the keys or whatever, and they get into the door, and they actually pop it open. I guess they couldn't see me. Mm. And then as soon as they pop it open, I'm just screaming, yo, yo, what the fuck, what the fuck? And they just started running. But. You sleep in the front seat reclined or the back seat? The front seat reclined was the beginning, like the first six months to a year. And then as I got more into the shit, I started looking at videos and shit. Videos? <laughs> I swear. It's what kind of car are we talking? So at first, it was a... 2016 Mercedes-Benz. Oh, wow. This is when I first moved from Arizona. Okay. That got quickly repossessed. Really? And then when that got repossessed, um, I got to, like, you know those rinky-dink rental car areas where you can just uh -huh. not too much ID shit. It's not like Hertz or anything like that. It's just some, like, local rental shit. So I just got a rental 2005 Toyota Camry. Oh, so you were renting a car and then also sleeping in it. Paying 200 a week for it. Respect. So oh, we're... What were we talking about again? Sleeping in cars? Yeah, so sleeping in the car. So <laughs> I, I got the rental or whatnot, and then, oh, it was about Kiki. So I got the All rental, right. and I'm living out the car. I'm pushing it, doing my Uber Eats, busting down my showers and, like, gas stations and then gyms and whatever. 
So I reached out to him and then we secured it. I sent the bread. It's time to do the interview. I pop up. I do the interview. Um, that's when I knew it was fishy, but I didn't want to make a big deal. Mind you, I'm just trying to, you know, network resource. But the thing is, they have sufficient equipment there, right? Mm. They're not no bullshit shit. Bro, I walk up. It's like a, like a phone camera. I paid this for a phone camera? <laughs> yeah. Because I remember this time period because it was before they had the equipment fully set up and he was just filming shit on his phone but then i i think that even then like if the if there was somebody if he had to enlist somebody to run the equipment then they would have known and he didn't want them to know you, come that on. he was getting paid come right? on you hit it perfectly on the head that was the whole issue again at the time you didn't know me at all because you was like who the fuck is this dude we don't know who that is because yeah, i, I remember this little clip but um yeah so he apparently didn't tell the owners, which is Rick and Ralph, shout out to them. Yeah. And there was some undercover shit, hence why he did it on the phone, which ended up sabotaging the interview. And then on top of that, an extra layer of bullshit was uh, he went on another platform and was like, yeah, I did that to him because he was going to speak on Redacted and Redacted's my homie. <laughs> what the f type of professionalism is that? Redacted is PF? Yes. Okay. And then, yeah, so he's like, yeah, you think I'm going to just... So you shoot an interview on a phone on someone who's trying to network and build. I'm just like, damn, you just me pretty much. But that's such a bullshit response. You, so like excuse for why he did it. Bro, and at the time, mind you, he's from where he's from. I lived in L.A. for almost three years now. I've studied the climate, unlike uh -huh. Redacted, right? <laughs> so I know not to really do too much. Get out your body. So at okay. the time, I didn't even really say shit when you I did gotta the, take the L I took the L and I said. Start a crazy thing. Yeah. I swear to God, I said it on camera too. I was like, yo, he's from a very respected neighborhood. I don't want no smoke. I don't want no beef, nothing like that. It happened, whatever. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to kill him? You're going to go beat him up? I mean, it's like, at a certain point, you guys take the L, right? Right, right. I had to take the L, but it's just like, damn, bro, you didn't have to do that to That's me. That's grimy, bro. though, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, I would. I'm the type of nigga, like, I'm living out my car. I don't have no shame in my game. I'm trying to make it. If mm. you need something, like, whatever, bro, I'll pay a little, whatever it is. You could just, you don't got to do me like that, you feel me? Mm. So that was where I was coming from with that. But we passed it up. I ended up doing content for the pop-up for like three four months until um lush came over there so well lush, lush shut it down no i would say he sh I, whatever happened happened because i was the main person doing content there prior to lush coming over there okay so as soon as that happened lush you know shit happened and then he did a contract with them so it's fully them so i was just like, all right fuck it you know y'all got your shit going so let y'all be so apparently a few months after that, I haven't really, I don't even see if the page is up right now. So I don't know what With really the pop-up? Yeah, like, well, They got demonetized at a certain point. And that's why, like, when Crip Mac got out of jail. They I said it was my fault. That the page got demonetized? Yeah. Why? What were, you, what were you doing? Bro, I don't monetize none of the clips that I was posting. And reactions. Like, I'm posting the video, I'm reacting. Everything, copy, uh, fair use type shit. Fair use. But... I think it was some other shit. I don't want to throw them under the bus. A couple of their shorts might have been something that is literally the whole, like a screen record of someone else's video. No commentary, nothing. Oh, really? But they, they said it was me, and then, so I was like, whatever. Obviously, it's not true, but, you know, I'll take the blame. Okay. But, yeah, I just remember that when Crib Matt got out of jail the last time that Lush got the first interview with him because he borrowed money from the pop-up, and then 
we were all expecting that footage to go on the pop-up mm. and then it went on Lush's channel and I think they said that the pop-up got demonetized or something which also like at a like you need a certain amount of views mm -hmm. in order to get your channel monetized although I assume during the Kiki era that they had enough views I'm not sure how long it goes before you have to like have that many views but after the Kiki era like when he first left No Jumper they were getting a bunch of views yeah. and then I remember it kind of, but, but then like though. the Lush thing like when he interviewed Crip Mac, we got a lot the of The shit views. literally solidified his channel. Yeah. Honestly. But yeah, I mean, that was they could have honestly made a different if if the that was the agreement, right? That it was supposed to go on a pop-up. Mm. But I ain't gonna lie, Lush a, a fly nigga. He worked his move. Cause if that's the case, y'all can make a different YouTube channel and then, you know, if it's the pop-up and y'all trying to build a brand, y'all could have done it on a brand new channel, Crip Mac just fresh home from jail the algorithm everything's gonna pick it up and help establish that platform mm. the new channel so i think he just worked his move on so that. you never got into it with lush or anything you just weren't really around him at, the, at that time no nah, i couldn't be around I, I was fuck i ain't gonna lie he is one of the first few people that reached out to me and was like bro i want you on the channel come chop it up type shit so i'm not okay. gonna shit on him too much even though you guys got you know because I, I, I wouldn't do honestly, the same to you type shit. i honestly don't give a f at this point because if you recall, like I was angry at Lush primarily because of the fact that he essentially, in my mind at that time, caused the breakup where everybody ended up leaving. I don't really see it that way anymore. I see it much more like these guys were all trying yeah, to figure out when they were going to leave. And then Lush, through his admittedly boneheaded behavior, mm. basically gave them a really good excuse and made it easier on them to paint like a stupid narrative about me or whatever. Absolutely. But... I don't really like hold it against him in the same way because I, I would say that now I just more so like feel bad for him because he just obviously like can't help himself and especially you see that he said he's uh I peeped. he's he's relapsed I peeped. which you know I mean I do believe that like a lot of people could handle smoking and drinking I don't like based on everything he ever said about himself he's not that kind of person he's it's like, a different level he's gonna crumble as a result of this which is it's a shame. I would, I would like to see him uh, not go down that path. No, I, I respect to you for even, you know, taking that approach. So same. I feel the same about him. Hopefully he gets right. But that that was one of the issues was like was talking about you. And I 100 percent agree with you. Not. Yeah, they might have premeditated the shit, but that definitely sparked it. And I told him this to his face. Granted, he gave me opportunity to come on his platform and whatnot. Right. But I'm like, bro, if you really just and I've pieced it up with. uh Back on Fig and community, no issues. So you're really just trying to please them and feel cool and tell them some shit. And even though when you go on their platform, they, sh they shit on you. <laughs> Meanwhile, Adam22 has breathed life into you, gave you a whole new life, gave you a whole new opportunity. You can... Like, your life just changed from that, nigga. But it wasn't even like he was betraying me to go suck ad and t rel and stuff which kind of would have made sense because you know that he like wants to be cool with the cool black guys like more than anything else in life but he was sharing that information with like a random vo voice call oh. on discord yes with people who realistically were not in a position to help him in any way or ever do anything for him and you know instead of that he could have been loyal to me who had given him this opportunity or these other guys that you would have at least understood why he was incentivized to do so instead he was just blabbering to like random fans uh, honestly that shit that, that's 100 percent agree like really and like let's talk about it since we're really talking about it if that was the case like yo bro adam's trying to get whoever off the show this is what's going on if that's the case too, does that justify that type of exodus? Like, bro, right. you can 
if one one show and you're on all these other different platforms just for you to develop your craft a bit better and maybe come back it wasn't in the written in stone like you're done yeah just you feel me but the fact that he went and did that just kind of was fucked up and i said that too that's why i couldn't really you know keep coming back on the platform and sitting there and be dissing you and shit like yeah. you know well i think the other thing that a lot of people miss in it was just how bad the content was for like many months before we the split because they just like I have just so many memories of getting the timestamps sent to me for at the end of the day and going through and reading it and just being like, oh, my God. Like, they really talked about their own channels, their own analytics, Me and their own, like, whatever. Just, like, the most boring shit you could possibly talk about. Whereas during the early days, like, early pandemic, even going yeah. into 2021, there were yes. so many good yeah. moments of, like, all of us just being, like, actual friends and having such a good time, and then it just kind of... It, it just that it wasn't that by the time yeah. it fell apart so when it did fall apart i was bummed but it wasn't like i was losing something that i was really passionate about which if it had fell apart during the early days 2020 or something that there was a period of time where it was fun and it was a really great vibe and everything yeah. but it just became all drama afterwards and uh it was really like and i think it's pretty obvious now that you know because their shit is hella drama based now mm -hmm. whereas our shit like you haven't heard anything about me and Brick and Sharp arguing or like whatever. Like internal beef and shit yeah, like that. Yeah, we just like, why, like, that's just, which is less interesting to the people because there's like a lot of people, their favorite era of No Jumper content was just the beef era, the drama era. Which, I can't lie, was ushered in by Big Boy, uh, Redacted. Because mm. the whole situation with you, I'm, again, a No Jumper baby. During those times, the pre-pandemic, like, life was f***ed up for me and No Jumper was like, the shit that I could watch before going to sleep, just a few hours of cool time, you know? Uh -huh. So that's why I have such a, a, a deep connection with y'all and shit. But anyways, before that, y'all never was really reading the Reddit and shit like that and bringing Well, there in... wasn't even a Reddit. The Reddit really popped off in the, like, come 2020 on, era, yeah. Come, I mean, it did No, we did have one, but there was nobody posting it. Was, it. Come on, bro. There I... was an era in 2020, I believe, where we had these Instagram meme pages that we were all obsessed with for a while that yeah. were just making jokes. Yeah, I remember that. But none of those were ever, like, negative. And then it kind of transformed into the Reddit, which had a lot of negativity. Come on. The pages, the meme pages were actually positive. Like, you were yeah, yeah. having competitions for them to do, like, funny, good shit. And then once you started that, I mean, once uh, whoever was brought in that Reddit shit, it was nothing but narratives and bullshit. It was a big thing for us to, like, try to get everybody to stop talking about the meme pages on the show because we were mentioning them so much <laughs> y'all transferred it to really <laughs> yeah definitely but okay so how did you actually come in contact with pf i'm just gonna keep calling him pf because he doesn't want to be he doesn't want to be discussed at all he has this insane eternal grudge against you he claimed to me because i was trying to get him on here that was my big idea was to have you and him sort of going at it on here because i know you have issues his his view on his problems with you is that you have crossed lines and told people things about him that were so untrue that he cannot even be on camera. So I feel like I am perhaps taking a risk by interviewing his op. I don't want to upset PF or anything. Mm. But I don't I also feel like just knowing the gist of your story and knowing that you uh you know have have struggled so much trying to make it as a content creator I also don't really feel like it's right for him to just be able to completely cut your water off, as they say, yeah, for sure. over something that, to me, I don't know. It seems kind of dubious. He says that you told people that he was on an FBI watch list and stuff, which I don't I mean, like. Like, come on, I bro. I don't that, think that's true, right? 
Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm here on a platform that he works for, so I'm not going to go too crazy on him. Right. But for one, let me just give him his flowers for being an African in this space, thriving. The reasons and how he got to this space, it's not for me to scrutinize right now. It might be on my channel. You can check that out if you want. But he's here nonetheless, so I'll give him that. But he really tripped on me because I made a video about the American Cholo situation. Okay. I felt like him, what he did, and he doesn't realize it still to this day. He is one of the very few Africans in this position, right? He holds a pretty dope position working with one of the biggest platforms on the West Coast. So when you do situations, when you do shit like that, not only does that jeopardize situations and relationships for yourself, but there is a younger generation of content creators that will come after us, right? Mm -hmm. So when you do shit like that, you fuck up the integrity of what it means to be African, what it means to be in this space. We're already misrepresented and underrepresented. So you doing that type of shit, I didn't call him no bitch. I didn't call him out of his name. I just made a video speaking of that. Now, prior to even getting in there, the Monday show, um, he told me when I, all right, so let me start from the beginning. So I came to know Jumper several, like a year or two ago, right? And I came there with Seti Nash and Brian Hurst, baby. Oh, okay. You guys are rotating um, Monday Monday show guests, right? Right, right. I meet him. We embrace. We're like, oh, shit, African, African. We're like in the old spot, right? We hugging. There's clips of it. Uh -huh. Like We sh embrace each other. Shit, yeah, man, good shit to you. You're doing good, too. We talk, we walk off to the side. He's like, yeah, bro, uh, I seen a couple of your clips. I'm going to bring you in as a guest host. You know, we're doing rotating guests and shit like that. So I'm like, oh, man, hell yeah, bro. There's no videos of me or him at this time. We don't even, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. So I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. So I reach out to him maybe a week or two later. I'm like, yo, bro, uh, I know you guys are rotating guests and shit, bro. Uh, if you need somebody, I'm here, bro. Just reaching him out, reaching out, reach out. He keep leaving me on red. Yo, why the fuck would you tell me that you're going to give me this opportunity? And then when I reach out, do me like that. You didn't have to say shit. You didn't have to say, yo, bro, we're doing the Monday show. I'm part, I'm, I'm a nigga on the Monday show. I'll get you, you know what I mean? Make me feel like as Africans, you're about to grant me an opportunity. And then weeks after weeks, you're bringing in new people, new people, and leaving me all open on top of that. Mm. So I'm like, okay, cool. Then the American Cholo situation happened. And what was your perspective on the American Cholo thing that he didn't like? I didn't like the fact that, bro, if uh, if American Cholo did say the N-word, and I researched this whole situation. Now, it was like he was speaking to somebody, and this person, obviously of black descent, and called him like a wetback or something, some free shit, right? Mm -hmm. Called him a beaner or some shit to that level. And my memory of it was that American Cholo had used the word a bunch of times. Ta no. Like talking about Tariq Nasheed. Okay. And Flacco had basically created a supercut of it edited it together a bunch of different times that he said it and basically had the conversation with us of like you know should we post this and we were all kind of like well because where the f uh, is his head hat to but, be even but, doing shit like that okay but american cholo was super relevant at the time because he had had this episode of the podcast with taiga come out mm -hmm. like yep. the day before yes, and then flacco makes this clip and it went so viral mm -hmm. uh that you know the radio station ended up removing that piece of content because they all of a sudden basically reviewing American Cholo as racist. That, but I mean, I didn't think the f did anything wrong with it just because I did think, I, I didn't think it was like taken out of context, which is what everybody kept saying. It's like, yeah, it, I, I felt like at least some of the content 
context was in there. And, and you could all, obviously always say that everything is taken out of context. If, if me and you have a 10, 20 second exchange here that seems like one type of way, people will post that on Instagram or TikTok or whatever, and they'll say, and then we'll say, oh, it's taken out of context. Yeah, well, the context was like an hour plus long interview. So I don't know. I, I didn't really think that he did anything wrong with it. Obviously, there was I like mean, an outsized reaction to it. His subliminally in his response to that video um, that I made, he threw you under the bus. Saying what? It's saying it was the no jumper team. I did. I was. Under, oh, I approved it. He, no, no, no. no for he sure. He, he found it. Though. No, no. He's saying he's under instruction. He was like, I don't make the call. I don't make the shot. I was told to do something. And I did it subliminally. He's saying in this response video to yeah, what I said. That might he threw you a little deceptive butt. because he he pretty much posting it was like entirely his idea. Come, come on, no, he was from saying, what I recall. Right. So and then he goes to the uh, the pop up. ODM Slim interviews him. This is where he does his response to me. He is the one who started the B word. He's the one who called me out of my name. Oh. Even the American Cholo situation. I just criticized him heavily because obviously I feel deeply about that. But For he one, called you a bitch. He called me a bitch. Okay. And nigga, I'm from Arizona. It was predominantly Mexican people. The Mexicans love me. I love the brown people. I grew up with them hand in hand. So I look at it like, damn, you doing situations like that. Like you trying to burn bridges for people that's coming up in the same space. If they view Africans like they view you, what do you think that means for the younger generations that's coming up under us? Uh-huh. Like you giving us a tighten up a little bit, have some self-awareness. I don't have no beef with the nigga. If I, if I see him, I'm not going to do nothing to him. He's African. His mama speak my language. Like, you know what I mean? If I look at his mom, I'm going to see an African lady. It's it's not that deep. But for you to have such deep hatred for me and block opportunities and make it hard for me in this space, it shows you that, like, damn, it's that crab in the bucket shit for the Africans. Like, nah, I don't want no other African in this space. But his, his quote to me when we talked about why, and he's going to be so annoyed that we actually talked about him because we said we weren't going to talk about him, but whatever. No, but I think Adam, we're having many, a very fair conversation. Yeah, I, and I don't understand why he should be able to block us having a reasonable conversation. But, but did you ever say anything that is like what he said? Because he said that you said that he was on a sex offender list or that the FBI had him on a watch list or some shit, which did, I, did you say that? Okay, so let's be journalistic integrity. So I said something along the lines of, and this is me quoting other videos of him. I don't, I kind of don't. So I'm going to just be, uh, for his behalf, I don't uh-huh. give a fuck, I'll go crazy. But I'm saying, just to keep it neutral, he had said something allegedly about a woman. And this was wasn't a very bunch, nice. There was a bunch of shit from back in the day where he was getting into it when he was in his uh, oh, doctor, wait, Omar. Like you don't know, my nigga. You know this shit. Bro. I don't you know like, to me t- a ton of details about it, but I do remember that, that the, like, he had... I don't know. He was like beefing with people and nah, he, he said nigga, a bunch of wild know. stuff at the very least. Let's just say. Yeah. Yes. So I seen a clip of someone showing actual him, someone actually placing a call to the federal Bureau of Investigations. Right. But I don't think that we ever really had any reason to think that call was real. Right. Now, here's the thing. There's a bunch of clips out of that of him like scrutinizing the f- out of something you know this shit bro i don't want to i've seen a little bit of that i tried to avoid most of it niggas making grinder accounts to set up oh big... yeah, yeah during his dr umar come era on, he was bro. beefing with all of dr umar's ops come, come, exactly so that tells you a lot about the nigga again i'm not really trying to trash bro even though he made our live stream laughed at me about being homeless laughed on me on back on fig about my family and me being poor and, and sleeping in my car and on back on fig went on the community and did the same thing it literally shitted on me on three big different platforms. Wait, so how did 
Because, like, you had a thing with T-Rell, too, right? Like, yeah. where you, like, mm -hmm. explain that to me. Because I heard him, I heard you yelling at him on the Discord call thing yes, the sir. other day, but I didn't really understand the origin of why you guys had an issue. Um, So this dates back, uh, this is why, bro. We, we hella similar, bro. So when you're recently, like, when you was doing your shit, Big 22-ster. Right. I'll, <laughs> before, before the push and peace era. <laughs> yeah, we pieced up now. Push and peace Everything now. pieced up right now. Yeah. No, I'm but get me a tie-dye shirt. No, but at the time, this is eight months ago. The the Kiki situation. Ad, shout out Ad. I, I can't really, sh I can't shit on him, bro. We don't got no issue because the way he handled that situation made me res have respect for him because this is this man's brother. He could throw this man under the water. He like, but he didn't do that. Right. No, no. He he uh he didn't cover for him. He let it be known. Like he didn't try to just because he's my brother. I'm gonna try to cover for him. But Tyrell, on the other hand, on your platform that has a gigantic reach, right? Damn near 5 million people, millions monthly, and goes, that little nigga, we don't know that little nigga. Ain't nothing happening for that little nigga. Give it up. You ain't finna make it on your platform. And at this time, this is like the 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 topic of conversation in the no jumper universe right uh -huh. kiki is allegedly a scammer even though he's not i'm not there calling was, there was a, a while there where that was all anybody was talking about on the reddit and shit Come it on. was all stuff that wasn't happening on no jumper but it was all that they were talking about on the no jumper reddit and then i'm just so shocked because ad he like all right so the young man um he got a situation happened with him and kiki um it wasn't his fault i offered the young man his money back He's a dope content creator. He's doing his shit. Salute to him. Mm. Here go T-Rell out of nowhere. Man, f*** that little nigga. We don't know that little nigga. Mind you, everyone in the universe knows that it's referring to me. So I'm getting a whole bunch of clips in my DM like, damn, T-Rell said, f*** you. T-Rell don't f*** with you. Me and T-Rell was DMing. I, like, he reached, has reached out to me and like gave me my props and shit. So for him to do that, I was just like, damn, you really just said f*** me in front of all these people for what? I'm pushing peace, so I'm not dissing him when I say this, mm -hmm. but that's kind of like his go-to, just to say, like, this person or that thing and just get the, the high-pitched voice I used to call it, where he was like, f*** him, and it's just kind of like, yeah. I don't know. Mama. And then yeah, once yeah, that yeah, start yeah. happening, what am I going to do? <laughs> this is a nigga from a respected neighborhood. What, what am I going to do? Him? And then that's it. You can't walk L.A. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, I had to shut up and eat that for eight months, Adam. Oh, wow. I'm getting DMs like, Damn, this really he really dissed you. And then he allowed, he brought Kiki to his platform to tell the story again and make me look like I'm the f***ed up one. Meanwhile, I'm sleeping in my car, sending extras on top of the interview money because some situation, and there might be a child involved, and I got a heart. So I'm like, yeah, I might be sleeping out the car doing shit. Give me a couple hours to do a couple orders, and I'm going to send that through so you'll be straight. And I'm sleeping in my car, bro. Right. And you going over there up my livelihood that i'm trying to get to because you you got this big ass audience and you using that to attack me to cover for something that your friend did and even though ad is his brother ad was had enough journalistic integrity to be like nah he, he's straight that wasn't his fault the situation was up he's solid why AD, ad there's some exceptions to it but for the most part he's always trying to do the right thing oh god you know and oh it's like i respect that in a lot of cases where, you know, it doesn't matter who I like or who I don't like, but if you generally seem like you're trying to do the right thing, then that seems like a, the type of person you want to do business with. Now, I take issue with the way the AD left No Jumper, but besides that, with dealing with something like this, because I've seen him, like, he's 
AD's had a lot of instances where he could have thrown his brother under the bus. Mm. He's always yeah. just trying to look out for him. But yeah. at the same time, he's not going to slander you. Yeah. That's why I had, like, damn. As a person who got ripped off, like, you know. No, even the pre recent situation, and everybody's pushing peace, nobody, you know, shout out to everybody being successful, uh, ins inspiration to everybody. But anyways, even that situation, it showed, like, he, you didn't really say much about him at first, and then at first he didn't really go in on you just to show you, like, he don't really have that type of energy. Yeah. He was, but here's the thing though, it's influence. Like what? This type of situation happened, and then you over here, peace tree. You all good? Now nah, you better go crazy. But even in the go crazy, you could still see there's like a line of respect between y'all two. And I'm gonna say this right now. Somehow, some way, <laughs> I think y'all might do some content together in the future. Not the other guy, but you and AD probably. It wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world to me, but I feel like. Like, I'm going to be real with you. I think that the Figmunity channel, like, if it wasn't for me, I don't know that they would still really be trying to make that a thing. I feel like they have to make that successful in their minds. Otherwise, why the f*** did they leave? Because they could have kept doing their own separate streams on No Jumper. Mm -hmm. But meanwhile, like, they have to keep pushing to make that shit turn into something. And I feel like, you know, at some point in the future, the beef will be like, you know, something way in the rearview mirror yeah. and i could maybe see it no but here's the thing though but i think we're all just trying to prove that we don't need each other right now but and the interesting part on top of that is he didn't even he specifically t-rail again i'm a big fan of all y'all right so he specifically didn't want to leave no jumper and mm -hmm. he was the most reluctant and on top of that he is that while they were leaving he had like a lot of respect for you and i don't know how or what happened and then it got to that level but anyways the fact that you've made helped him develop into the podcaster he is today, mm. that's why I'm like, nah, you got to give Adam his respect. All of you guys never podcasted a day before getting to No Jumper. Now, you might have had a different platform, and it was nowhere near No Jumper. So, literally, this nigga Adam22 has a, a podcasting boot camp, and niggas come here, get really good, uh, take all the resources, and then start something new? Yeah, I mean, it's understandable. Yeah, that's... Mm, not, nah, but that's why I feel how you feel, though, because it's like you're in position. You don't have to do nothing for nobody. You didn't have to give me this big-ass opportunity. You damn near put all the Africans in Arizona on. The whole thing is that, you know, I didn't have my business right in the sense that I should have I should have handled things differently. You know, I shouldn't have let them, like, start their own streams where they're talking about no jumper stuff. And it, it's like by the time I realized that I shouldn't have – I've been allowing that to happen. It was uh, it was already out of control. And if I had fucking tried to lay down the law at that point, they would have just left. You know. Already, so yeah. I was trying to like, I was trying to change shit incrementally, which is why I was like, okay, AD, I'm gonna take you off of this one show because it's so obvious that me and you aren't really getting along like that. And then my first attempt at incrementally changing the culture of what was going on there, mm. boom, the whole thing falls apart. <laughs> it shows you it was premeditated because yeah. one show really shouldn't make that big of a difference. And then on top of that, one of them didn't really want to leave. Yeah. And literally, bro, since, like, T-Rose a great podcaster, but since he's left the No Jumper platform, I haven't really seen him to his potential asking the questions. I feel like when he was at No Jumper, Bro, it was that nigga good. Like, having conversation. Now, the whole ether doesn't want to do interviews and rather have surface-level conversations. Yeah. Like, you're consuming three, four hours of people's time and want to just have, like, shits and giggles, hee-hee-ha-ha. Yeah, yeah, first is cool, but the meta isn't going in that direction anymore. I'm not anymore. as into that. I feel like when you just, like, are talking about regular-ass shit during an interview or whatever, then, then the interview or the piece of content doesn't have any 
replay value you know where i was like i've done so many interviews that as time goes by like like literally i could still pay my mortgage a couple times every year off of the x interview you know just because yeah. like that still gets a shitload of views so get like a couple million views a year because there's substance in it yeah because it's like that's why I like just doing interviews i've kind of like like people might feel a certain way they feel like i'm kind of turning my back on what i used to be doing with the no jumper show but, but for me just focusing on interviews feels like a return to what i've what i what i got into this for yeah. you know, i'm still doing the, the whack thing weekly and everything but like just having conversations with people and, and learning about them comes so naturally to me compared to like trying to you know i i feel like by doing the weekly podcast thing it kind of leads you in a lot of weird directions where all of a sudden you are going to spend all this time just like putting a magnifying lens to every little beef every person that said something about you etc and yeah. i'm just not really like super interested in that at this point but i will i will mention this as well is that you remember the era where trl was doing interviews on no jumper yeah fire yeah it, it started good because we started him out with like freeway rick ross and then he had a, he had a few other highlights and everything but like odm slim one shout out odm slim yeah that one comes to mind that too but like okay I was going through the full No Jumper interview playlist the other day, just looking through it, and I was trying to get a rough idea of like how many interviews I did this year. And as I was going back, I got to the point where T-Row was still doing a bunch of interviews and stuff, and all the last ones that he did had like ten to 15,000 views, like really not performing terribly well on the channel. And I remembered that part of our relationship getting up that we never really talked about was the fact that he used to do the interviews and he was just doing a lot of interviews that were getting like almost no views and from my perspective were like very boring like very <laughs> like not people that really deserve to be interviewed right and so i instituted a new rule i was like yo i would appreciate if everybody if you're going to do an interview let me know beforehand because i'd like to be able to approve the person or or whatever because he also he had interviewed some people who had been asking me for interviews for like four five six years mm -hmm. and i had just been ignoring them because they're just scammers or they're just like not popular in any way yeah. and he just ended up like interviewing some people like that too so i wanted to have like conversations about who was going to get interviewed on the platform which i think is pretty fair you just have to text me and say hey i'm thinking of with this person so i can like search their name on youtube and see if they're relevant or see if they have anything going on but that was considered such a such an offensive uh move on my part to ask for approval of podcast guests that he just never did another interview and you're like the least the last person i know that's gonna really scrutinize who's coming on the platform like right because underground is good right, small is right. good lesser known totally fine you just have to be able to justify why it's going to be interesting and, but when know, it when it screams nepotism gang nepotism then you can kind of tell like all right this well is listen if he wants to interview some interesting gang members i wouldn't close the door on that it was more just interesting people who are interviewing people who are just nobodies with yeah. nothing going on and no plausible way to make people want to watch it you know no way of framing it no way of like putting some kind of clickbait together that's going to get it some views you know like if you're if you're going to be able if you're going to do a uh, interview you have to be able to like justify it through the views in some way mm -hmm. it has to be interesting to the people in some way and it's not always easy but it's not a big ask either yeah exactly and that, but that was like like and that's kind of my problem is that i created like a real sense of lawlessness at no jumper where everybody felt like they were their own boss to yeah. the point where when somebody called them employees Ooh, they fucking segue. all jumped out of their seats you good know segue. but that that like you know i in retrospect anybody that i'm gonna create an on-camera relationship with 
I need to like have an understanding. We need and, and and with the guys that we still have and stuff, it's just I'm just very upfront with them about what I'm comfortable with. And if they did something I wasn't comfortable with, I would just tell them immediately. And I just want to be more communicative in that way. Yeah, even with the new cast, I, I shout out to everybody, bro. Just the fact that you know a few months ago shit was shaking, you've got the brand back in the, its rightful position along with everybody that's a part of the team. Right. I love to see it, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. But uh, okay, so there was there was all that shit. And then, well, all right, you you tell me what else we have to talk about because we did just you, talk you cool about with that. Trevor. Trevor, yeah, I still talk to him from time to time. Okay, he MJTVK, so I don't know. Oh, I might what? have to pull up on him and see what, how he feels. How he, you know what I mean? Shout out to Trevor and the VBC. What 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 happened there? No, shout out to Trevor. I was a, I, I still am a fan. I'm not gonna hate on the nigga too much, but mm. I was initially a fan of Trevor. The nigga used to like my pictures. I used to like his pictures too. Like you know, good shit. Keep up the you know fire emojis, support type shit. This nigga go sit down with Flacco. Uh. I'm like, oh, shit, okay, that's what's up. I reach out. I'm like, bro, what's up? Let's, let's get one in. This is what he tells me. Bro, I don't think it'll do good for the channel. Now, this is where I get, dis- this is where I get disrespectful because I know it's Flacco doing this other shit. No, no, I, I didn't get disrespectful yet. I'm like, damn, bro, it's all good, bro. I've been on Jubilee, a platform with 8 million subs. I'm literally the focal feature on there. A lot of the comments, there's a comment with 26,000 likes about me and my performance. Mm. And you're telling me I don't add value to your platform. What was the title on the Jubilee video you did? Uh... Who's the real virgin? Of what? Virgin. Uh, virgin. Yeah. Are you a virgin? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. No, I'm not a virgin. You're not? No. But I ain't going to lie, I was a slut in high school. There was one virgin on the show? Yes. Okay, and then everybody else had had sex. Okay. Uh, sidebar, I didn't, like, I, the homie just told me about this opportunity. I seen how many subs they had. I'm like, If Shit. you're a virgin, you can tell me. I'm not going to judge you. No, nah, bro, here's the okay. thing, like, you know. Uh, Long pauses. No, nah, it's because <laughs> I'm trying to just think. Of, this is a big platform, so I'm just like, damn, fuck it. I'm going to just be who I am, be true in my nature. Okay. Bro, I was a slut in high school. Well, you, did, you already said that. But yeah, yeah I was, like six years I've been single because all the shit that I've done in high school, I've been okay. I'm more focused on building my empire. Mm-hmm. But in high school and college, oh, my goodness. Oh, I'm talking about cheerleading team, volleyball team, soccer team. Any girl I went to high school, niggas, everybody, comment on this video if I'm lying. I was a terrorist. Mm. But it comes from me being, like, uh, just confident in being African. Like, bro, I made African being cool in Arizona. Mm. Like, Africans, we the butt of the joke. I was a varsity football player for three years. Uh, I damn near made a f- one song and opened up for PNB Rock the next week. Rest in peace. If I were you, like, if I was, because do you consider yourself hobosexual? Yes. I was hobo. Not, not, yeah, not anymore. What's your definition? I'm homeless sexual. You're homeless, but you're kind of like living off of girls and like staying in their places and stuff like that. And yes. That, like, because if I was homeless, if I just somehow found myself homeless and broke right now, what would I do? Realistically, I would probably have to use my only natural resource, which is my riz, as they call it these days, to try to just 
meet some girls, talk my way into their good graces. All mm. of a sudden, I'm sleeping in their bed. Mm-hmm. I'm your boyfriend. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. You get the car. I'm gonna you use get the this Nissan. for exactly as long as I need to until I can elevate to the point where I don't need this anymore, and then I'm out. And that is a hobosexual. Do, do you keep? See, here's the thing that makes me different. I'm I never a, really had to do it. Oh, okay. But, see, I, but I wish that I did. Let me way. let you know. Something. See, I'm a different kind of homosexual because I had integrity. <laughs> don't say homosexual. Homeless, homeless, <laughs> homeless. Hey, they gonna edit this shit up. <laughs> Shout out to LGBTQ. I'm an ally. Shout out forever. But no, I am a homeless sexual with integrity. I mm. tell the, like the girls I'm dealing with, like I'll be straight up with you. I'm trying to be the greatest African content creator, inspire mm. people. I'm fucked up right now, living out with car, doing a DoorDash. Shit, if you keep it real with you, I'm gonna be something someday though. If mm. you fuck with me, I'm gonna keep that in mind. You sell them on the vision. Yeah, I show them the. They're like, oh shit, you got a little oh jubilee. Oh, you got a crypto interview happening. Oh, so you a little, you know what I mean? So I'm showing them the little shit. And then they're like, oh, okay, there's, he going to be something someday. So I tell them straight up, like, I don't got shit for you right now. I don't have $1 in my account, $63, and that's to give me, you know what I mean? So it's nothing for you. But I tell you this, there's potential. There's resources that's on the way. So if you fuck with me, and I'm African, I got nine inches of, you know what I mean? Really? Stuff it in you. That's another thing Flacco claims. He claims he got a monster on him. See, <laughs> Just bro, leave, it go- <laughs> leave it alone. Let him have his big dick dreams. I was gonna say, bro, just his anatomy <laughs> wouldn't allow that. Nine, you got a nine-inch dick, bro. You th- ever think about getting into porn? Honestly, bro, here's the thing: if you, I can wear a green suit or something to just cover up everything, I don't think so. And just leave out the uh, baby leg. Yeah. Why not? Why you just don't want your parents to find out? Um. Honestly, I don't. A green suit. Bro, look, Adam, bro. <laughs> I, I'm, I grew up African. We're hella strict. I got a tattoo on my face. My parents know what's up. Okay. But at the same time, just. Bro, I'll get into it. I ain't going to lie to you. I, I don't. Anything to put my family. My brothers are smoking fentanyl. You feel me? Whoa. So I will do whatever to get my in family Arizona. situated. Yes. Like, that shit is fucked. Africans it, in general is on that shit. Really? Yeah, bro. Which. Bro, oh my god, that shit is fucked. I'm talking about 18 year old African, 19 young niggas. They're like, fucked up on the street or they're bro, in the crib? Both. For some parents, you know, us Africans, we moms be so loving, so they'll let them do. But some of them is on the streets. Like yeah. young niggas, 18, full of life that could be doing shit. Once you take them fake perks, them blue, blue shit, yeah. it's a rap, man. It's like, bro, you were alive back then. What was the crack like? You, you seen that shit? Like the crack being introduced into the. <laughs> Not that old, but uh, uh, I, I don't mean, know. My bad. No, it was because, before me. No, it's not like that. Bad, but uh, I was, you know, I didn't move to New York until 2004. So it's like, to be honest, my memory now, because where I'm from is actually like in New Hampshire, is very much known as one of the like early hubs of the heroin uh, slash Xanax slash like prescription pill oh, wave. Word. Like shitloads of people were dying early on in that whole epidemic where I'm from. But me oh, as a kid, I didn't know about any of it, to be totally honest. Like, even my whole time through high school and even, like, in my early 20s and stuff, I didn't know anything about Coke. I didn't know anything about pills. I didn't know, you know, like, I, I started selling Coke for a limited period of time. This was not, like, a primary vocation or anything. And also, like, shipping weed and stuff as I got later into my 20s. But even then, like, trying Coke and stuff, I, it was really, like, I, I think I was, like, 26 or 27 by the first time I tried Coke. Like, I was late on it. But Which what, is actually pretty good. Well, when I think about it, 
there was a lot of very weird people walking around in downtown Nashville, New Hampshire. And when I think about it now, it's kind of like, ah, those people were on drugs. Yeah. That's what they were doing. I thought they were just weird. Some some of them were fucking weird. There was this one guy, Franny, who got hit in the head with a baseball bat when he was younger and he was just walking around like Uh, like, all the time. Shit was crazy. He might might have died. I forget. But, But either way, like, you know, I just, I didn't know anything about what the fuck was going on with drugs when I was actually living in that environment. Nah, so, well, shit, like, right now, basically, the young niggas would rather take a fake perk than a real perk. Like, that mm. shit is so addictive. Niggas you never tried that shit? I did. I ain't gonna lie. Back, I was a teenager. Back though. when you were in high school or yeah, some shit? Yeah, yeah, 16, 17. Drank, too. Like, you never that's got how into I got it? Billionaire Black, all them little interviews. Like, you were you serving them drink? I, uh, I know some people that knew some people. Okay. You know what I mean? So, uh, that type of shit. You're a teenager trying to make my little money seven years ago. Might have, you know. Shit. Honestly, I could probably get so many interviews if I just kept a bunch of lean around and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll pour you up. Just come through. Oh, God. I'd have met so many rappers. Like, that shit right there, like, lean is like some universal shit because it just puts you indoors with successful people somehow. That's Dub. That's, that's how he goes. His shit going. He's, oh, perfect When segment. I met him, it was like, he sells lean to rappers. That's like what they told me about him before I met him. Bro, I got Desto Dub story for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay. I swear to God, shout out Desto. I love you, my nigga. Great Real guy. nigga. Great American. Look, bro. When I first came out here, right? Yeah. Desto was at downtown LA parking lot, right? Yeah. So I would just, you know, just a whole fan of the universe. I see him. I wouldn't have shit to do. Mind you, just when I'm couch surfing, doing my little DoorDash and shit. So just to waste time, I just go pull up on the parking lot. And me being from Arizona, bro, no celebrities, no nothing. Like, we're AZ and rappers don't even stop for our city for their tour dates, mm. right? So within that few weeks of me just pulling up on him and just, I got pictures of, with him and shit. We both parked up, I mean, posted up on our cars and shit. But anyways, I'd pull up and it just fucking blew my mind the amount of, like, successful celebrities and rappers and shit that's just pulling up. Mind you, Arizona, this is... You won't see one in months. <laughs> yeah. Nigga, one day it's Quaid. One day it's uh, Draco. One day it's Disney. One day Young Thug. One day it's this. One day I'm like, what the fuck is this? That was a great era. Like, blew my... And I'm just sitting there just dully rolling up and just kicking it and shit. I damn near... And I can't lie, I was sleeping on my car at the time. I'm about to be very successful, uh, Desto. I owe you like $300. Because what I would do is I would take pictures of the clothes and shit, right? On my Snapchat. And people back home would see my stories and shit. Like, oh, Arizona, right? Mm. So most people don't really come to L.A. and shit and, and network and do the shit that I would, you know what I mean? So they're like, damn, you and you you would, uh, you had Desto spot shit. I'll send you some bread. Uh, grab me a, a hoodie, a T-shirt or some shit. Bro, one day I was super fucked up. One of the homies was like, yeah, grab me this. Sent me like 250 300 pocketed it. This was like two, three years ago, mind you. And then never sent it to him. But look, bro, I haven't <laughs> forgot. I'm a real nigga. I had to do what I had to do to get through that night. But Man. I got Desto 300 and I got your 300 too. Don't trip. Shit better work out for me. It's a gangster move. No, but I had to do what I had to do. But the fact that I brought it up is because Desto is such a real nigga, bro. Mind you, I didn't have shit. All my shit's in the trunk. I'd pull up on him and he would embrace and make you feel like so welcome and mm. shit. Not like you're a, a nigga from a different city with no motion, no nothing. Like, I'm pulling up with him. I'm sitting inside the big truck like, damn, bro, I love all the gear and shit. You should think about coming to Arizona. Mm. Like, we smoking, sitting in his the the truck at the time. Like, yeah, I got people in Arizona that rock the brand. 
I'm like, niggas love you out there, especially the college scene, ASU, you go out there, have a pull-up, mm-hmm. I mean, have a pop-up, I'll help facilitate, woo-woo-woo. And then, yeah, but yeah, man, that, that was just so dope. And to see where he's at now, having several different storefronts, beautiful situation. So, okay, one thing that I have heard people say about you, and I feel like this is probably, like, something you've had to deal with a bit, is mm-hmm. that you clearly want to make it. Clearly, you've got that drive. But some people feel like you're a little bit overbearing, that you're, like, trying a little too hard, which as I talk to you and I realize your predicament and how you are kind of in a rush to get yourself out there because sleeping in your car fucking sucks. Uh, I don't know. How do you feel about that criticism? People who feel like you're, you've been a little bit overbearing. I ain't going to lie. They absolutely right. Cause even in this conversation here, more and more of my personality starts to show. Mm-hmm. And when you're back against the wall and you got siblings that are on drugs, that you're on borrowed time, that every single phone call you get, your heart drops because you don't know if it's that call. And your mom just had a heart attack two months ago. And you from Africa and shit, parents is getting old. And you realize that you, your people will never be represented in a space that you truly respect. And, and it's giving you a lot of um, sanity. Like this whole universe, like on a fucked up day, a nigga could watch a stream and just forget that it's such a rough day, you know, for that few hours. Mm. So for me, it's like, damn, I want to share this shit. For my people, the African niggas with the big foreheads that have been called African <laughs> booty scratchers their whole life, that never seen, that can't look up in the space and see somebody that resembles their face, that that's respected, that isn't the butt of the joke. Are Africans very underrepresented in hip-hop media? I never really thought about it, but I guess... Name, a, n- name a nigga besides Redacted. I don't know. I'll wait. Yeah, probably not. That's my point. Mm. That's why I'm like, it's me. That's my. Pr- I'm going to usher this in. The same way all the, like you got to think about it. I, I compared it to a gang mentality, right? Gang members, they go so hard for their community, for their set. I'm about to put so-and-so on. I don't give a fuck if he's nice or not. He from the set. I'm going to mm. give him opportunity to connect him with him. So I think about it like this. My African people, east, west, north, south, whatever, bro. I don't give a fuck. You African, we rocking, right? So I look at it like that. I'm like, damn, these niggas is hard at music. You know who Mo Fago is? Mm-hmm. Who went on tour with o, with Ojeezy, mm-hmm. who has a song with Trippy Red, who all this shit like we got talented African artists and talented content creators that will never have opportunities and resources to get on big platforms. Somebody got to put this shit together. Mm. Like I'm sitting next to one of the pod fathers of the West Coast. Like you got to look at your platform being implemented in so many other people's shit from the success that you've accomplished. Right. And I'm sitting here next to you, my nigga. Imagine many, what many the, sons. Imagine, yeah, hell yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Not no dick rider shit, bro. But I've studied your shit and it's helped me. Like, I, the way you, all, your whole process is like a young nigga can learn from and implement it and help feed their family. Mm. I'm not gonna shit on that. And then, see, like I'm African, so they get on that. Oh, he be on that porno shit, <laughs> nigga. Who you fuck don't make me come. Mm. I don't give a fuck what anyone does. Like, I'm not against it either. Shit, like I, I didn't. When it first, first job, you know what I mean? Click the video or two, uh, whatever. Okay. It, it, what's By the difference? Means. Here's the thing, right? We niggas watch porn. What right. the fuck difference is there if you watch regular porn than it being Adam and whoever it is? Mm. It's the same shit as just you know the nigga. Right. But if I didn't know you, it would just be a clip <laughs> that I would go on 
XNXX and watch. Can you watch a clip of me fucking some girls and it feels a little bit more real to you because you actually like relate to me so you can you can, oh you can feel yeah. what it's like to be me getting in that pussy? I'm like, yes, yes, Damn. that's true. The first time, like I said, the, when you first started coming out, I, you know, peeped here and I'm like, damn, that's really my nigga Adam. <laughs> like, I know that nigga. Like, I follow the nigga. I know the nigga. And DM, like, that's him doing this shit. Yeah. So that was what interesting to me. But yeah, I get a lot of flack for that. I'm like, bro, I don't give no fucks. What another, y'all could fuck whoever, anybody, whatever people do behind closed doors. Why the fuck does it get y'all rocks off? Like, why do y'all care? Right. There's the people that be in my DMs, like Africans and shit. Like, bro, like, y'all freaky as shit. Let's talk about content creation because I've, I have a thing I've been thinking about lately a bunch. Whereas I've, uh, I've kind of paused the No Jumper show, kind of have that shit on hiatus. And at least part of why is because like, I kind of gave one of the reasons, which is that I just felt like kind of overworked with doing so many interviews, which is definitely part of it. But the other part of it is as time goes by and, you know, I've been through like multiple casts of co-hosts and shit like that. And I've had a lot of different dynamics, but like what you always kind of come back to is that you have to be able to talk about the news. You have to be able to have opinions and takes about what's going on. Now, now like if you're doing a weekly podcast, you could talk about what you did that day or like, you know, some funny story that happened to you over the weekend, whatever. That is appreciated by the fans, I think, but it's hard to do like a full two hour podcast where you're just talking about bullshit. What you did over the weekend. Yeah, it's just it's just tough. Like or even, you know, I see Rory and Maul, like I've I've watched enough of their podcasts. I hear them like talking about their live shows a lot. And it's just kinda like at a certain point you just feel like, okay, we get it. Like, like we get it. this the, every fucking show is kinda like the same, you know? So it's like people try to make content about their actual lives, but that's difficult. So the people who end up really rising to the top in terms of hip hop media end up being people who can have extremely viral or you know well thought out takes about what's going on in the news mm -hmm. obviously academics and joe budden come to mind but then also to be able to kind of steer the direction of the overall dialogue because when academics or joe budden they come to mind because they just are the ones who most consistently do it mm -hmm. when they have an opinion about something oftentimes that kind of becomes the content that a shitload of other people are talking about. God knows how many people I've asked about Saucy Santana threatening to rape academics. I've <laughs> talked about that with like 10 people probably at this point. But uh, I don't know. And so I, I feel like I do have it inside of me, pause, to do a really, crazy. A really great weekly podcast talking about what's going on in the world and everything like that. I do feel like I can do that. It just requires a level of work beforehand and thoughtfulness and like willingness to really be preparing your statements in advance, I think. Yes. Because I look at like when academics talks about, you know, a lot of times before I click on one of his videos, I'll think to myself, okay, if you were on camera right now, what would you say about this topic? You know, it's like some blue face and Krishan shit or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'll sit there for 30 seconds or a minute and think about what I would roughly say if I had to talk about that topic on air. And then I click play and I hear him say a bunch of shit that is just more well-informed than mm -hmm. me, more, more well thought out, just a little bit more in depth. And it's just obvious to me that he's really taking the time and like preparing for this shit, whether it's consciously or not. But like when he's seeing some shit went down between, uh, Krishan and Blueface, I'm more like a normal uh, news consumer, I think, where I'll like watch the video on Twitter and that's it and be like halfway paying attention to it when I am yeah. watching it. Whereas yeah. like if you really want to be great in this space, 
the stuff that you're going to talk about, you have to be willing to like over prepare for and like really not only consume a shitload of media, but then also put time into thinking about what you're going to say and what conversation you're going to have about it. And then you also have to have co-hosts or I mean, in Axe case, he kind of streams without co-hosts, but from, in my case, well, you, you have people. to have co-hosts who you feel are on the same page and like also really paying attention because it's tough when you're doing an interview or when you're doing a podcast and you're just kind of talking to people who are super checked out because then like what the fuck are you even talking about but then you also need to be able to like even just have the actual hosts who in general are that interested in the culture and that is a it's, it's, a, it's a tall order yeah. because the content space keeps getting a lot more competitive i've talked to some other very big youtube channels that do content very similar to mine who have told me that they've had sizable de decreases in views and i feel like we've had a decrease maybe this year but not not a huge decrease but a small decrease perhaps in terms of like total views yeah, I mean, bro, you hit it on the head. Like, you got to think about it. Niggas are getting older. Niggas don't want to sit there and listen to, like, surface-level conversations. And then on top of that, everyone's talking about this. And <sighs> niggas want to know about your perspective about what the current topic is. Yeah. And you don't have enough wherewithal to, like, at least give a take. And here's the big issue. And No, one thing, academics is successful is because the chat niggas and all of his people are like-minded. So what happens is in the Discord, they run all of the topics. They run all mm -hmm. of I'm in that Discord, right? Okay. So they grab everything. And once they grab everything, they'll put out their narratives and their takes. So academics already has a bit of a clue of what's, being, what's going on and shit. And then when he gets it, he adds his narrative on top of it. But what makes him so good is because... By the time he's speaking about what the actual topic is, he already has 10 different takes lined up. Mm. Whereas most people turn on their camera and then, oh, this happened. Let me create a take on the go yeah. and take up people's time and wait for you to think of some interesting shit to say. I'm not going to name any names, but there's a lot of people in the, the same page, my extended dog. No Jumper cinematic we universe page, who... It's just boring, bro. It's just like it's it's just no effort put into it. And that was like towards the end of a uh, pre Snake Gate, like when everybody kind of dipped out in a jumper. That's something Ooh, that was Snake Gate. It was okay. really starting to get to me of just how low effort the conversations I was having on camera were. Uh, and I just you know I want to have in a perfect world I want to have co-hosts who would be pushing me to have you know more energy put into this kind of thing and and that's kind of like why i fell back over the past couple of weeks is just because i'm like if my heart is not in the right place with this i just don't if if i don't really feel like i'm giving it 100 percent, then i don't really want to do it at all so i'm just kind of on hiatus in that regard and i'll take this as a chance to take the higher road one of your employees is really good at it that pf <laughs> see how I, it's hard i'm trying hard bro he's he's kind of like the lifeblood of the news you know like the the news for sure but the news is kind of like its own thing and that's one risk for me or one like weird thing that i'm conscious of is that if i try to do like i want the news to be its own thing and i don't want to just like take the best host from the news and be like ah oh, you come here and then like we'll do the tuesday show because the tuesday show if it's going to exist it has to be it has to have its own identity that isn't just like oh it's like the news but it's also with adam and it's like you know it's basically the same fucking thing yeah there's no separation between what goes on at 12 every day than the actual pre-recorded show yeah it's like, just you guys if, are different setup if, if i'm gonna bring it back then i have to be able to like actually because that's okay that's one thing i respect about joe budden who is a bitch and i do have issues with him but oh for real 
Uh, yeah, we've been going back and forth for a while. He's just always talking about no, but I got a lot. When you went over there, you cooked them, and I'm a Joe baby too. Thank Same, you. Y'all, 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 I'm look, I'm a no jumper baby and a JBP baby. <laughs> all this, shit. I feel you. I'm but a, you know, I, mean? I love this. shit. You fuck with the stop, you don't know about the stop. Who's the stop? Danny from the stop. It's like a YouTube commentary channel about the JBP, and it saves me so much time because I don't have oh, to I'm like because I never. You know, I'll watch it once in a while. If I have enough time, I'll fucking I'll listen to an episode. But I never have time to listen to a full fucking episode. I watch, Reddit I, I watch some clips. Yeah. Tune the Reddit the probably Reddit. does yeah, it, too. I, I be on Reddit but there's like. this dude, Danny, who, like, they're super aware of him. Like, Joe Budden has, like, talked shit about him and stuff because he has, like, an outsized influence on their whole thing. Because oh, this like, what's dude, the dirt? You got it. Yeah. You got to check his channel out, though. The stop. Okay. It's really good. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to check it out. But nonetheless, like podcasting like like you said if you bring that show back n- niggas feel like they got it nobody wants to sit there like you got to be a square not a square but you got to really be determined and dedicated to the shit you right. can't be why you think flaco don't got like i don't fuck with the nigga but why you think he don't got friends or why you think you don't be outside mingling and shit like that because that boy at home working it's true he works his ass off. And, and we got beef and i'm mad enough to say like bro it takes a different level of dedication when everybody else is doing the same thing you're doing, it's all about it's about who's working the hardest, right? Who's willing to take an extra hour? Who's willing? I've come from sports, so that's why I look at it like that. Like when you bullshit another nigga training, yeah. So if somebody's always training, obviously they're going to be better. Talent doesn't beat or hard work outbeats talent. That's shit. why I'm, my life is kind of so weird, is because all through my twenties and thirties, I feel like I was like putting in practice to basically be able to do a good job at what I ended up doing. When I started No Jumper, like it, it all feels like a big warm up in order for me to kind of get my shit together and be able to know how to pull that off, you know? And uh, now it's kind of weird because it's like now I'm, I wouldn't say I'm in cruise control because I'm still like suffering with like having to fucking stay up late uh, studying for interviews yeah. and shit like that. But I'm yeah. kind of like in cruise control in a way because I already have the machine built out. And now it's like, I just, if I want to like leave a legacy or like build something worth remembering, I need to just kind of keep putting the fucking time in and doing the work and it's like a lot of people want to kind of distract you by saying that you should take on bigger projects i should do a documentary i should write a book i should get a tv show whatever and i don't really like that idea i think that this is kind of like the end product just having conversations on camera i look at somebody like joe rogan is he writing a book? Is Documentaries. He, is, is he, yeah, like, was he doing, like, some big thing like no. that? No, he's just staying focused on the thing that he's already found that he's good at. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I see it. Is yeah. I got to just keep grinding this because this is this is what got me here and this is what the audience wants, and I just need to do a better version of this over and over. Bro, think about my demographic, bro. We've been watching you do interviews for years. It's <laughs> like, nigga, you didn't coached us to do interviews damn near. Mm. Like, just imagine all the niggas that have been watching you since then to now that have platforms. Mm. That's what drawn us in was, like, your ability to inform while being funny and sex play and all this and making <laughs> no seriously you literally made sex that play. like well sex play is so mainstream now like aiden ross and th- shit but that's why you did that when i was i was a pioneer come of the on sex my play. nigga yeah. that's uh, no. i was gay when y'all was straight <laughs> come on my boy was the Real first talk. you know drake he was getting no i'm not saying drake I'm drake saying, Drake ain't never sex played nobody. No, no, I'm I'm doing like the soldier boy, like yeah. No, but if Drake wants to get with the new generation, he gotta gotta start (laughs) sex playing motherfuckers. No, but like I said, yeah, with the interviews and shit, really, 
when you take your time and it's really when you're interested like when you're interested in someone or topic of conversation you do some like professor type shit where you get into like different pockets and different right. underlayers i'm like damn this nigga is good <laughs> like, i swear to god like i'm trying to learn i want to be great at this shit yeah so i'm like damn how he just go from that to that the transition what, what do you feel like you learn the most from when it comes to sort of studying the the pod craft honestly for besides the um the production of content and putting it out and shit uh -huh. just the ability of like asking serious questions while also like encompassing like a, a bit of a comedic humor and just being down to earth and just like it doesn't feel forced mm. you know like you'll brush over some things like whereas some other con uh, platforms and shit it's like so what's up with this what's up with this but what you was like yeah you asked them type of questions too but we also want to know about some different sidebar shit that only adam's interested into and his audience might like yeah so it's like it, it's so easy to interview somebody once and then as you interview them over and over it becomes more and more of a challenge because it, it just comes so naturally to, to me to like have a conversation with somebody about where they're from how they grew up like like you know how they got into doing what they're doing what makes them successful at it now what's your routine what's your, like what are the rituals that kind of helped you get to this point etc cetera, etc cetera. that comes so easily to me like even this conversation is so easy but the thing is is if we were to have a conversation again a week from now i would have to like really kind of get in the lab and really like meditate on it and really think about like okay what like because i don't want to just do the news i want to like do all this like you know i like, there's a big thing I've learned from Vlad over the years is just how to interview somebody over and over and keep it interesting. But I see him struggle with it as well because sometimes he'll be doing like his fifth little Boosie interview of the year, and it's like I see, the, hit I see the titles are not yeah. quite what they used to be. At it hit, points. but it, it just don't hit as hard. Yeah, he's just got to work for it. It's also what you're getting from the guests because if you get Boosie off of Adderall, you might have a great fucking interview. If you get Boosie that just smokes five blunts, yeah. maybe not. Or Boosie fresh off a scandal or brother trying to scam him and shit. But when you get Boosie talking about some shit that he really cares about yeah. talking about, mm -hmm. oh, it's up. Always. Nah, but honestly, bro, like, you, you've done a lot for this space, man. I, I really bought, I've been making videos about this shit since the exodus. So it really bothers me that you don't get the credit and the, and the flowers because, bro, if you think about it without you, a lot of people won't be doing what they're doing right now. And you could say dick rider, whatever you want, all that shit. But just keep it realistically. Keep it real and ask yourself, like, if certain opportunities weren't granted. If certain shit didn't happen, would you? Now, I'm not trying to take credit from the people that's out there and where they are. But would you be at where you're at if opportunities didn't happen for you? Granted from this man. Like, straight up. Mm. And on top of that, is your platform reminiscent of... And you telling me you can't even... Nah, that's cool. Well, you know what's crazy about it is that it's like pretty much what always happens is, you know, and, and I, I'm not saying the AD and T-Rail and all that because they're, yeah, they're kind of, you. no, but I'm just saying they're in like a different category than what I'm supposed to be saying, uh, about to be saying. But for the most part, I get people, I put them on camera, and they do okay. They, they, it builds them up to a certain extent, but it doesn't really like turn them into like stars. You know, it's like because you can only do so much. The spotlight helps. But it's not going to like build out your entire career for you. And then it's always a degree of resentment because the amount of money that I can pay them and everything is just not really like it's not as much as they think that they are worth or that they deserve. And a lot of times that's like like thinking about this right now. Let's say I wanted to start a podcast tomorrow mm -hmm. and I wanted to pay each of the hosts 
$20,000 a month. Yeah. And I wanted to create a successful show. Mm. I, 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 I could definitely do that. Like, because when you're talking 20 grand a month, all of a sudden, there's a lot of fucking people you can get. Mm. Because you could get people that everybody knows already, that already yeah. have, like, a great demographic or whatever. The problem is, how are you going to make 20 grand a month off of a podcast? It's not impossible, but you're going to have to be able to, like, you know, sell a legitimate amount of advertising on top of it and stuff. You're not going to be able to pay for it. Shit. Yeah, and, and then, oh, my God. If you, if, if you want to book guests yeah. and you're going to have to pay them sometimes, never mind if you're going to have to pay, like, a showrunner at the very least. A lot of these big shows, like, can you imagine how many people are on the staff for the Cameron and Mace uh, show that they do together? Like, the staff has got to be fucking huge because yeah, they're they doing – they got people preparing yeah. fucking notes and, and probably helping them shape their arguments and stuff. There's so many people on staff for something, a big production like that. So that now I'm kind of in a weird position where it's like. Do I've, you see yourself taking that approach at all? That much money? Fuck no. But when you look at like at the end of the day, at a certain point, it was kind of like that where I wasn't paying them that much, but it was still basically more than the podcast was bringing in. So I've experienced the fucking, uh, you know, the feeling of having content on the channel that was relatively popular and it was clearly good for the brand, mm. but it was also losing me money and I didn't really see a route to getting past that, you know? So now it's like kind of a weird feeling because it's like, well, I know that I can just make content myself and that that will always be profitable. But in terms of like building out additional hosts, I've had ups and downs. Like obviously bringing Sharp on was like a big W, you know, mm. we've Shout out to Sharp. made a bunch of money together. He's fucking changed his life and stopped doing a lot of the shit that he used to be doing as a result of like working with no jumper and stuff. But then I've also had a lot of people that, you know, just didn't really work out many, many times. But I mean, that's not to your detriment because at the end of the day, this is a platform with over, like close to 5 million people. Right. So like when people, like you said, some people they use that you. against you. Now they say, Oh, how does a platform with 5 million subscribers only get a hundred thousand on a video? And it's like, I mean, I just mentioned the camera animation shit. That shit's lit. Yeah. Most of their episodes are getting like 100, 200,000, 300,000. You know, it's like like within hip hop, it seems like on average, that's kind of the ce Well, not the ceiling, but like Joe Budden on his episodes on his YouTube. Yeah. 200, 300,000 views. Right. I, I feel like if, academic, if academics just left up the VOD from all of his content, that it would probably be in that neighborhood. Similar. Like, it's not really, you know, 100,000 I think is... Pretty respectable nah, on any given piece of content. I'm not mad at that. Let's be real here, though, bro. With the situation they got over there, it is what it is. If you put like, like, like half the budget and like got into, I don't see no jumper not being as successful in terms of the remin similar views. Like, you know, like you said, they got a big production team and shit like that. And then, so if damn near put a, I don't see how No Jumper couldn't compete or compare. And with the following that's already there. Well, you know, part of the problem, too, is that you got to move motherfuckers out half the time. Because it's like, there's a bunch of hosts that I know would do really good, but they live all over the country. And like I could move them out here, but it's kind of like you got to pay people a pretty significant amount of money if you want them to uproot their entire life and move yeah. to L.A. to do content. Especially when like a lot of these people... You know, they're really from where they're from. They're not, like, super comfortable moving to some fucking random city, especially a city like this is dangerous as fuck. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't really find that idea so enticing unless there's a real big bag involved. So I still, like, I still plot on it a lot. There's a part of me that would, like, want to have a couple different shows on the channel regardless of if they were profitable or not. Are you, you saying that because it's you and your life and shit? You can't really see it from the house? You know how many 
like even the content creators you want man if you probably were to throw out a, a, a offer or some shit they would bite on it like bro this is still no jumper at the end of the day yeah some people it's just you gotta have the right collection of people people have so many options in terms of what to watch that it's just if you want to like get them watching a show on a consistent weekly basis there's got to be something fucking special about it and it's very difficult to get there with people that the people aren't already familiar with and niggas is buddy buddy in this space already everybody wants to be on each other's stream no one wants to scrutinize or be critical about anybody yeah. everyone has these surface level takes because they want to go on that stream and then if i say this about this situation they won't fuck with me over there eh, bullshit. But, you know i hate that logic that like you can't talk about anything because you need to stay political and you need to be cool with people and shit like that because look at academics academics is the most flagrant offensive fucking person in mm -hmm. terms of his takes he's talked shit about everybody and it doesn't seem like it really hurts him that much when it comes to doing interviews and stuff. I will admit that there's been plenty of times where I was trying to get an interview with somebody and the answer was basically no because you talk shit about me on your channel. Yeah. That's regular. Yeah, but, I mean, shit, you're, you're a public figure. Yeah. There's people talk about you. The fuck? Yeah. You just got to be, you can't treat people like shit in terms of your takes, you know? Like, you have to be willing to be mostly uh fair which is sometimes kind of difficult because if you want to be entertaining you kind of need to be willing to take a harsh stance one way or the other and a lot of times that's what i try to think of when i'm thinking about like hmm, what would my take about that topic be and it's like i'm just kind of very middle of the road because i genuinely don't give a fuck about it, yeah. whereas like if you want to be successful you need to kind of choose a yeah. side and double down on that but a lot of times if you have a real commitment to the truth it's hard to just like go hardcore one side of the aisle like when you look at right-wing media what do they do they pick a few things that they don't like they don't like porn they don't like abortion they don't like gay people whatever and then they just hammer on that Straw and they just shit over and over and over every 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 day on these right-wing channels it's just a quest to find stuff to fulfill the belief that they already have that all this woke shit is bad you know yeah. i mean shit like you said if you were to do like uh, take like prepare your takes and shit bro you would be damn near the same situation like but i just need to if i'm gonna start weekly potting again I you just, got a research team honestly no that would probably be good that would probably like shit nigga, sign me up i nigga. have remo remo helps out a lot in terms of just like putting questions together for yeah. people but in terms of like topics and stuff yeah it would be kind of hard for me to no, shout out remo in that regard he's added a, a layer of in integrity that's you know some well, redacted might have took out of the platform but <laughs> So what has to happen to get you and Redacted on the same page? Bro, Rick and Ralph damn near, shout out to the pop-up, offered the nigga money. To he, do what? To sit to down, down, have a conversation, oh. to have an interview on the, on the pop-up. And but he was not down. Here's the thing, though, bro. Imagine giving your, uh, a nigga who's pops possibly could throw you out the water. Why would you want to give him an opportunity? Why would you want to give that person who was 10 times better than you at what he does is literally has more integrity self-awareness doesn't i'm not even gonna make fun of the, this is how you feel about yourself compared to him so but, you feel like that's why he's trying to hold you down is because you might my nigga bro them? listen bro you had a conversation with a only fans girl and this is what you've contributed to african people this is why it boils me bro instead of interviewing any of my african homies that rap not me specifically i'm just saying general any african nigga that rap that does anything in the culture that you represent you go and ask the only fans lady about her sucking off seven Somalians. 
That's the only situation with Somalia that you have is you oh, yeah. asking OnlyFans girl how she sucked off seven Somalian niggas. Who 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 is that? Who I, is that? I, no disrespect. Shout out to the big community. It's like a bigger girl. The fat white girl. Come on, bro. I don't. Oh, yeah. What's her name? Shortcake, uh, Shorty or something. Oh some come shit? on. They made a whole thumbnail header. She uh, what something whatever her <laughs> name is, bro. Sucking off seven Somalians. Yeah. I'm like, bro, what the fuck? You. Gonna... But why do you think that he needs to just hold down the African community so much? Maybe he doesn't give a fuck but i, I do that's see him, my issue bro when we tapped in with use g's and shaji's he was geeked because they're african demons they fucking talk about being african a lot and yeah. shit like that yeah. but i mean maybe he doesn't really give a fuck about holding that shit down he did leave when he was like three right yeah but that's the that's the situation that's why like like some of the clips i've made about him have gone like damn near hundred thousand views i don't even average that it's because like certain people feel like how could you not want to help who you resemble like you you, that shit make you like a damn near sellout. Like you got in a position to help you. We're not asking you to fucking open every door. We're not asking you to scream Africa and do all this shit. We don't give a fuck. We don't need you like that. Mm. But nigga, don't you see how you're at no jumper? There's plenty of gang members here. What do gang members do? They obviously help their people get in position because they fuck with them. Nigga, we not even gang members. Like we African. Like we come from the same struggle, refugee, famine, war, torn countries. And you telling me you don't want to do shit for the niggas that look like you? For real? You okay? Cool. You know. no, that's what I'm saying. Okay, cool. You don't want to. I don't know if he even knows any fucking African people that he's like even thought about interviewing. I don't know if he's really like conscious of that uh, being one of his primary motivations. I feel like he's just trying to make good content. Same way, I'm not really trying to help out people from New Hampshire. Yeah, I really don't give a fuck about helping out white people. Bro, Donnie, we, you're white. It's all right. <laughs> I Man, I don't give a fuck. Well, we're not telling you to go get every single African and sit them on the platform that got nothing going. But it's some Africans is bigger than the nigga. Mm. It's niggas going on tour with OGs, he's going on platinum selling songs and shit. So it's niggas not asking you to, to lift the African nation up. But bro, one thing, brown people stick with brown people. White people stick with white people. Uh black people, come on, bro. And we you don't want to just do something. And then it's the the fact that it's like you don't want to allow me in the space, but you don't want to do the things that we need done. Mm. Okay, cool. You don't want to do it. I'm obviously just as good as if not better. Shout out Jubilee. But obviously you see when we get on bigger platforms that we can leave an impact. We can do shit too. So if you see like, all right, this nigga doing this shit too, move out the way or throw a nigga opportunity to help the other ones. But Flacco has some pretty good content these days. Now the channel's kind of lit. Now I'm going to put you under the water now. Uh-oh. Who is he a carbon copy of? I don't know. All right, yeah, I ain't going to do it. But there's like a million other YouTube reaction essayist type channels right i'm putting it on me no but here's the thing you're gonna say he's like milk nah fuck no shout out milk. well i don't know if i can shout him out right now yet yeah, i'm yeah. gonna give him to the end of the week okay because i man, fuck it but he damn near pulled a kiki on me and ran off with the bread but milk oh, did yeah for a reaction video for, or? bro it's been a month a month yes i've been a whole <laughs> month damn near so we're gonna see if i don't get it by the end of the week I'm going to have to do my thing. But anyways. Every, is everyone just a scammer? What's going on? That's wild. No, nah, but th that's why it's so, like, damn near bogus. That's why when people be like, oh, he's overbearing. Or like, bro, do you know the type of shit I'm put up against just to do what I'm trying to do, bro? Yeah, you got a bad track record of getting scammed by these Come on, bro. That's why I'm like, damn, bro, this shit is, it is what it is. But with the with, with, with Redacted, how's, how can you make good content if your content is very, now, I'm not going to say he don't make good content. He makes dope content. His numbers do what it does. Cool. But. Where is the fucking originality? I mean, 
That's kind of what I, everybody's doing, right? They're just talking about shit in the yeah, news. Yeah, but and you stuff. put your own spin. Yeah, we all have the same news. We all get the same headlines. You put your own spin on it. You don't take the mannerisms of another man. You don't oh. copy the exact <laughs> mannerisms. And literally, I get it. You stutter. I'm not making fun of people with speech impediments. I forget that he is academic. So come on, nigga. And come it's been on. so long. I'm not saying nothing that's not out there. Even actors say, you my baby. You my son. You my little <laughs> sperm. My little seed seed. Cool. It's working for you. You're doing more successful than me. There's not much I can really say about the nigga, right? Mm-hmm. You got to remember that. I'm trying to get to that type shit. Right. But at the end of the day... You can't really speak because, nigga, you're copying exactly word for word another nigga. So we're not watching you, Brody. We watching Big Ack. I don't know about that. He nah, a, nah, he, nah. He don't talks do about it. shit that academics doesn't even talk about. Now. Yeah, yeah. He he begin like he'll go and do the research for certain topics. But what I'm trying to say is, when we are watching you, we're not appreciating your take. We're appreciating the fact that this is a similar sound and mannerism that we've been watching since young. I feel like he got some decent takes. But maybe maybe he is like a academics clone. Like they actually cloned academics come and just on, came out a little different. <laughs> come on, bro. That's that's all I'm saying. I'm like, okay. And then with the Trevor shit, just to knock this out oh, real quick. Okay, right, yeah. The Trevor shit, so he sat down with Flacco and Trevor, they 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 did the interview. And then um I hit him up a couple of days later. I'm like, yo, bro, give me on the show. I'm you know, trying to work with you type shit. You obviously know who I am, you're liking my picture. I'm you know, support whatever. Uh-huh. The nigga goes, you you won't add value to my show. I, okay, cool. That's what Trevor said. That's what Trevor said to me. <laughs> this is where I had to grill the nigga. Shout out Trevor. You know it ain't really like that. We gonna sit down, and chop it up. I feel you though. He's trying. He's trying to elevate. You know, he's trying to like. And sometimes it feels like if you're just drilling down into the minutia of the shit between hosts and the audience and stuff, that that doesn't. That's not necessarily gonna be useful to your channel. So I I, I kind of know what he meant by that. Uh, okay, that's okay. I could take that's that b- best version of it i could take that that's that's cool but at the end of the day don't tell me i don't add value to your platform when the nigga you interviewed has similar they both i think he was like at eighty thousand subs close close to 100 flaco was vbc was already past 100 you two niggas together got a quarter million um subs together damn near how the fuck y'all sit down with each other and get eight thousand seven thousand views that interview on the VBC with Flacco and Trevor, when they, yeah, that's why, I, that's my response. I like that you're pocket watching the like, channel. Come, nah, bro, I, I love <laughs> I gotta this shit. I got to start pocket watching come the on, VBC. Come Trev, I'm going to keep a closer eye on you. Look, bro, so, okay, cool, I don't add value. How the fuck that nigga add value and you got 7,000 views? He's already friends with us. Okay, so don't tell me I don't add value. Keep it real and be like, I fuck with Flacco, I can't fuck you with you. You think you could do 8K on the VBC? I, what? Come on, look, the clip of me and T-Rell is damn near at 15K on Nate platform. Mm. Like, you tell me I don't add value, I'm a nobody, nothing else. You got 100,000 views, 100,000 subs, so does he. You two niggas sat down next to each other and shitted on me, and y'all got 7,000 views? Go see what I do on Jubilee. Okay, I remember there was a point where Bootleg Kev tried to interview Vlad, and Vlad said... I'm sorry, I just your platform's not big enough. <laughs> Bootleg Kev was kind of pissed, but that's I do see what he's saying because this is the thing. Vlad has a policy. He told mm-hmm. me where anyone that he interviews, if they have their own podcast, he will go on it. Which I, he's always done that for me. Does that for academics? Mm-hmm. I've seen him go on a million smaller China podcasts Mac. from people he's interviewed, etc. Yeah, and so he does always do that. So that creates a bunch of podcasts that he has to do in any given year, and you know it's like. Sometimes it does suck going on a lot of podcasts and just talking about yourself because everybody asks you the same fucking questions. And it's like, I think from Vlad's perspective, it's like if he's going to give 
interesting talking points to somebody. Does he necessarily want to do it with Bootleg Kev, who he doesn't know as well, or is he going to kind of save that for people that either his own platform or people that he has more of a relationship with? So I can kind of understand where he's coming from with that response, even though Bootleg Kev had his feelings. Yeah, with them two niggas, yeah, they big timing niggas. But with a Trevor, you got a hundred thousand. <laughs> Come on, bro. I do this shit. You, you, and y'all got seven thousand, bro. At the time, I was way smaller than them. I have views way bigger than seven thousand of just me talking. Mm. So how are you telling me? Just be straight up. That's all I was asking. I'm like, just be straight up. You like to feel my content. You see my shit. Don't try to pop it to me for Flacco. How's your solo YouTube career going right now? Honestly, this has been my best month so far. I haven't looked at the views in a minute, but how's it going? Uh, just this month alone, we're <coughs> damn near reaching 400,000 views, close to a quarter million. And a lot again, of shorts in there or no? Yes. Short, yes. Shorts do shorts be getting views, is, but they don't really pay much. Yeah, that's absolutely true. But the subs on that shit is it like, helps, yeah. yeah, every day a good 20, 30. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. But, yeah, this is my best month. Shout out to the whole shit that y'all had going on because my cup, I was covering it. And <laughs> I was getting like, I'm like, damn, people are like, liking my take on it just because i'm able to look at it from both sides like i put yeah. adam obviously with these things too and i'm able to be like you know what i mean so you I, know what's crazy about doing no jumper verse content is that i was watching this really amazing youtube video by uh it, it's it's i feel like the guy's name is what's the dirt yeah hey, I just, I just you know him bro. right yeah just bro so good segue he made a video about Where's, you yes and how you got over by your host Oh really? After, no, but he was on. He was he was like on your on your side. He was right. showing like how bless you. Right. He was showing how like you've helped everyone and and this was a premeditated plan. Mm -hmm. But he DM'd me and said I made that video because of the conversation you had with Lush, mm. me and Lush. I'm getting that Lush like bro. You didn't have to go do that with what was what's his name? He didn't help you da da da. So he made a video about you, did pretty well too. Like. Yeah, well, so I'm talking to him because he has a video that I thought was really in, invaluable, which is like basically the history of Drake and Kendrick's beef, which I was blind to most of this shit. But they have been throwing darts at each other and little subtle bitch made ass things, like little shit <laughs> over and over and over throughout the years. And it is so fucking obvious when he puts it right in front of your face. But I missed so much of this shit and he did another video about everybody that drake dissed on his new album and stuff he just picks like really good themes and makes yeah. like really well-produced videos about it and so i dm'd him just to say that that video was dope and i saw that he had dm'd me like 500 yeah. times over the years and then he told me that he used to have like a no jumper universe reaction channel yes for a while which yeah. is crazy but he said he said it wasn't really working out and he sent me a video that he has on private now that he made about me I didn't watch it, but it had like a very positive title. Yes, I was like, that's that, the one I'm talking I'm like, about. That's your problem because yeah. if you had titled that video, yep. that video something negative and mm -hmm. and threw a negative spin on, you probably have a million views because that shit is such a cheat code to shit doing good on YouTube. But that's why I had so much respect for him that you're yeah. gonna go against the grain and be real and have your own mind and not do this herd mind shit. Like he really pointed out facts. I think he damn near used the clip of me arguing with Lush too. Mm. I DM'd it to you when he made the video. It was like oh, okay. eight months ago. So like, you be sending me a lot of shit. I don't watch a lot of them, to be honest. I don't watch a lot of content about myself. I find it kind of depressing or just like, it, it just doesn't feel right. Like if I get home at the end of the night and I got like an hour to watch YouTube before bed, I'm usually not trying to watch something about myself. Some shit you just said. Yeah, that's just, it's just too much. It's just too self-centered. Usually I want to watch something like poker related or, or, you know, politics or just something like not about my world. But then a lot of times I get home from doing three, four interviews in a day and it's like, oh shit, pressure's on. Like right now I'm thinking, 
fuck, I got to do three interviews tomorrow. I got to get my shit together when I get home. You got to go research and develop all that shit. Basically, yeah. And those are all Remo-less interviews tomorrow, so I, I don't have my uh, my safety blanket of a Remo to ask probing questions while we in there. Shit, I mean, you've been doing this long enough. You'll be all right. Even though Remo does add a different layer. And you busted three out today, too. Sometimes I'll do four or five interviews in a day, and one of them will be me having sex at the end of the interview. Um, just come on, bro. That shit's motivating for a nigga like me that's trying to be successful in life and realize if you want to be successful, it's niggas out here working. Yeah. Like, you want the M's, you want to be impactful, you got to be busting your ass. That's what I fantasize about now. I was like, damn, it would be so great to just have time to chill and just kind of be around and just hang out with the guys and just... Because at this point, I just really don't know how the f*** to how to pull that off like i fucking just schedule myself insanely dense every what, day out of the week now and now it, i'm kind of working on the weekend this is a sunday right now i'm fucking doing that shit too but what is it like for you honestly just being that the since the inception of this you've been trying to establish it and get it to where it is now so like you've been putting in work for years so like what ooh. after the last year of my life i am just thankful to even be in this position where i can make good money off of youtube and shit because there was definitely a moment when all these guys dipped out and i was getting canceled brutally in the public eye and stuff where i was like oh f like maybe this is done maybe i'm done maybe you I'm genuinely thought that at that time uh like i was, was at least rap. considering it i was definitely like man maybe this is all over maybe i'm just f now but there was also a big part of me that was like, no, you just need to get back to basics. You just keep got to keep going. I, I took a month off for the honeymoon. That really helped me to kind of like clear my mind. And I think I came back a way better person. Uh, and then weirdly, the Jason Love thing sort of like breathed new life into me in terms of just getting so destroyed publicly for that. But then also experiencing like an insane jump in income as a result of all that controversy and hate. Which is kind of like the opposite of the earlier scandal where all those guys left and I got canceled, which was like a shitload of negativity and actually making less money, you know, realistically, yeah. like losing a bunch of content and stuff like that. Uh, that. That Jason Love thing was weird because it was like a shitload of hate, but not really hate that I gave a fuck about. And I was making absurd amounts of money from it. And so was she. And that was kind of like an eye opening thing of like, oh, maybe you need to. Maybe you need to stay in the mix. Maybe controversy isn't bad. Maybe you should actually just embrace this. I mean, shit, you sp you sparked up the world with that one. And on top of that, like, you the way you handled it and capitalized off of it, <laughs> marketing fucking genius. Appreciate that. I'm trying. So what is, uh, what is, what is, oh, okay, my main question is what is Flacco going to say about this and how is that? Because I feel like that'll kind of determine uh, how this goes from here. Maybe he'll just never talk to me again. I hope not. You think it's that serious, Will, bro? I mean, he hates you. I don't know how serious it really is, but we'll find out, I guess. I mean, like, bro, we've said things with... You've clowned me about sleeping in my car. You made a whole hour live stream about me. <laughs> you said I'll never uh, be nothing in life. This, all these type of things. I've said some things about you. Bro, there's been enemies who have dead people between them, and they've been able to sit down with each other on this platform. That's a good point. Like, so you're telling me two people from the same country that don't have no bloodshed can't sit down? Am I that much of a threat, Adam? You're telling me you're willing to sit down with anybody. I promise you, you'll sit down with Dr. Umar and the shit he said. Mm. And, I mean, me too. I'm not proud of all the things in, in my early on content shit, so I'm not going to fault him too much for that. But still, bro, you're willing to sit down with everybody except this one nigga. Yeah. Why? It's really that. I'm not going to. Look, bro, you, you got real security. This is real shit. 
be like, yo, you can't talk about this, this, and that. I'll abide by it. If, I'm not going to threaten you or nothing. That would be, that. I feel like that's what we're setting up for here. We're trying to put Flacco in a position where he has to have a conversation with you. Because I feel like you have a lot of potential as a broadcaster, but, you know, definitely that that's that's one thing. Flacco, he's he's big Illuminati. He, he, he could stop somebody's career in, in its tracks. No, nah, here's the thing. Um, <laughs> I, I believe in a big one. Nobody, no man, nothing can stop with the what he got written for me. Oh, so you're a man of God? I'm a man of a higher power. Okay. So I ain't going to say, guy, whoever your higher power is, is your higher power. Mm -hmm. But whoever that higher power is, ain't gonna let, whatever he's written for me at birth is going to happen, and no man or woman or any opposition will stop that. Mm. So I get your perspective, but at the end of the day, bro, I'm a man, you're a man. Flacco believes in God, too. He on all kinds of God shit. When have you? Come, when is, okay. Awful lot of God. <laughs> no, but look, you got real niggas out here. You God brings people together. That's a good point. That's a you good point. You and him. See, be look, brought together through God. That's a fact. That'd be fire. Look, bro, you tell me, don't say this. Don't Y'all don't go too crazy on each other. Don't call each other out y'all names. Have a mindful conversation as two men. Put shit on the table. This, this. Cool. He's still afraid to do that with me. Mm. Like, that shit blows my mind. But maybe he's not afraid. Maybe he just wants to. He doesn't want to give you the gift of beefing with him publicly because that's going to realistically help you a lot more than it's going to help him. Okay, cool. Here's the thing, though. You've already, you made our live stream about me. Like, you've already talked about, you've put clips of me, you took screenshots of my story. Like, you've already informed your audience with me. I've been in the No Jumper Reddit several times with, like, big-ass votes and shit on certain clips with me and him. So it's not like you're introducing. So if you're scared of that, I mean, bro, you're, like he says, you're a man of, he's a man of the, the higher power. Then you understand that he isn't bigger than the big one. So mm. whatever you got lined up thinking that you could block, you can't. I'm here sitting here. Now, I'm not trying to disrespect. You got a family to feed. Is she African mom? I don't want that to stop. But don't take food off my plate. I'm not asking you to feed me. But don't take food off my plate. And that's what you're doing when you say, I don't want anybody but this nigga. For what, bro? We, we don't got to disrespect. Bro, you got, like, people, enemies, sworn enemies that sat down in the no-jumper couches, that people have died and they've mourned, that people, when they see on site, it's on site. And you're telling me you're that afraid of this young man? You're, like, seriously? You have, bro, like you said, I slept in my car. I did whatever I had to do to get here. Bro, you're successful. You're, you, you feed your family. Adam it pays very well. I'm sure of it. Now, I'm not saying it's not for no reason. He does his shit too. But you're telling me you don't want to... You gonna stop that? Like you, you don't want me to feed my family, my African mom, the one that looked like yours, for real, bro. Dead that shit, bro. We ain't got no dead homies between us. When you see me, you're not gonna do a thing. When I see you, I'm not finna pull this out and poke you with it. Oh, I don't want to do that. You're, you're a stabber. Uh, I'm five nine, hundred fifty pounds. What am I gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to no jail for no blower. That's cool. <sighs> In Arizona, that's a different situation. The whole city got blowers. Mm. That's why those pants are good, though. If you have, leave a lot of room down there, you could have a whole fucking knife. Well, I got up on it there, right? right. I'll pull it. I'll show you. This shit. Mm. Stuck in there. Snoopy badass style. Nah, that's feel me. <laughs> I ain't. I, that's the thing. I know better than the beef with street niggas. Yeah. You've never. I'd be going off, popping my shit. I got a situation with uh, China Mac too. I don't know. Did What's I ever, going on with that? It ain't no real shit. But he called into the pop up one day and went off on me. Like went crazy on me, and then what's his problem with you? So I was on the 
his stream a minute ago, like seven, eight months ago. I was on his stream. I shot a vlog for him and ODM Slim in San Diego. Uh -huh. So we drove to San Diego. I shoot the vlog. Da, da, da. In the car, they're like, bro, again, I've been working with ODM Slim for a minute. I shot a lot of his vlogs, right? So he's seen the shit ODM. I'm like, yo, bro, he's solid. We got to get him under the umbrella and work with us. Woo -woo. I'm like, shit, I, I'm with it. Let's do it. I, any opportunity to help, you know, elevate, I'm with it. Like, but you got to dead this shit with Flacco. We <laughs> fuck with Flacco. We going to make it till y'all come on the stream. Y'all going to piece it up. And it's going to be straight. I'm like, uh, I mean, it's, it's cool, whatever. And then we go on the stream later <coughs> on that night. They bring him up. They're like, so what's your beef with bro? I go say whatever, say my piece and whatnot. And then Flacco calls in while I'm on stream. Uh -huh. Flacco calls in while we're all on stream and says, you got that little bitch ass nigga over? This is Flacco talking to me like this. Yeah. Mind you, I never in, like said violence or nothing like that. Like, you got that bitch ass nigga over there? Bring it. You can hear him on the speak. Bring him to me. Bring him to me. I'm going to fuck him up. Bring him to me. I swear to God, this is Flacco. God strike me. This is what he's saying on the platform, bro. This is what he's saying. I'm like, what? You lost your mind. Oh, we yell, whatever. They end the stream. They had to cut the stream. What? Now, this was about to really do numbers for me. They this ended thing. the stream rather than just... Hang up on him? Come, no, they ended the whole stream. They didn't hang up. I, the nigga went to the it camera. It must have been pretty bad. I didn't see this. <laughs> nah, but it wasn't even. It's because they have a relationship. I'm going to say they. ODM, fuck with me. But he has a relationship with Flacco. Okay. And he knew. And they made a clip afterwards. China Mac and Flacco. I don't know if you went and saw their podcast. He did a whole stream on um, Flacco shit. And they're talking about me and what happened. But anyways, they didn't post that clip because Flacco told him, don't post that clip. Because that clip is going to get that little nigga traction. Okay. It's a clip of me saying, why nigga, you're not going to do nothing to me. This, this knife on me, you're going to show me this, this, and that. I'm thinking this shit about to be posted. Now, China Mac is someone who's faked things for publicity before. With all due respect, sure. the Vlad situation is apparent, right? What? Oh, him having a guy run out. Come on, bro. So you're telling me you won't post that situation, but you'll post some fake shit? We had some real situation that could have been in my benefit, but you didn't post it to conspire against me. Mm. And I'm like, damn, China Mac, you let that nigga. And then they talk about it like, well, I was going to post it, but ODM Slim said they're going to sit down soon and they're going to sit down. And, and I, I told my editors not to post it. Like, nah, you niggas knew what y'all doing. If that would have been posted at the time, I would have, y'all would have boosted me. That shit would have been nice for me. Yeah. But because of this nigga told you, don't post that, you didn't post that. So I go on uh, Lush's shit at the pop-up. He calling like, MJTV just beefing with Flacco. He's a Flacco lover, this, this, and that. He fucking sucks on stream. <laughs> I swear to God. It's on, I'll send you the clip later. I'm like, what? You talking about me? You the one. And I don't got no beef with China, man. We all content creators. You feel me? Yeah. But he goes, yeah, you, you want to get a name off Flacco so bad. Man, you suck. Get your own shit. Da, 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 da. I go, bro. You have built a whole platform speaking on other people. You're doing commentary speaking on other people. Mm -hmm. So, and on top of that, uh, what's up with that shirt that you sell? This one, he got tripping and started dissing me, talking about, what? That's why Africans weren't even around during hip-hop. What shirt was it? Bro, so he's selling a t-shirt. He was selling a t-shirt that says, I am hip-hop. Okay. He banked off of it. This was controversial in the YouTube streets. So I asked him, like, damn, you, you talking to me like that, bro? Uh... How you gonna speak to me about the culture when you're a culture virtual? You post, you you take a shirt that says "I am hip hop" and you've made money off that. Explain to me how that worked. 
He go, nigga. Oh, he don't say nigga. He say, man, back when hip hop was out, you people didn't even have spoons and forks. Africans didn't even have spoons and forks. What the fuck type of reply is that? I'm like, and you'll hear this in the clip. He like, no, oh, yeah, but so what? Y'all Africans, y'all didn't even have spoons and forks. Y'all didn't even have shoes when hip hop came. That was his response and rebuttal to how you selling t-shirts that got I am hip hop on. Explain to me. He went for the jugular talking about Africans don't have shoes, spoons and forks. All the African niggas him like, damn, why he go there for? Yeah, that's rough. Um, okay, my I just want to say to Flacco. I realize this might piss you off that I had your biggest op on here, but I think you should embrace it. Nothing. Don't think that you should be mad at me. Basically, I think that you should uh, you should realize that this is a content opportunity, and that I, I don't think this man holds a real grudge against you. Oh. I think you guys could work it out, but if not, at least we found out who MJ was. Uh, man, I, I love you for that, bro. I appreciate you. This shit years in the making, but either way. Bro, I must say this. Flocko brought your ops on the show. So wow. just think this about what I'm yeah. saying in your mind and tell me this isn't the same situation. So you're not wrong. And he, <laughs> this is revenge for that. Come on, bro. Oh. I'm, I'm no joke. Really bro, that, yeah. bro, no, he looked back like, oh, the worst shit. one I ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. He's like, damn, this little nigga be potting. Flocko, where you been? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, my nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, okay. look, bro. Uh, but yeah. I, I feel like we could turn this into a good thing. Yeah, bro. I, just imagine both of our takes at the same time. And if you if you guys are gonna beef, continuing after this, let's embrace that and not do the silencing thing, right? Yeah. Because that I don't think that that's hard. Because I don't like having to not give you an opportunity, even when I feel like you deserve it, because you have issues with somebody else. If you if he has issues with you. Let's have that be part of the fucking dialogue. He can't just, I, I mean, I don't like cutting people's water off unnecessarily. So that, that would be my main thing for him to keep in mind when he's deciding if he hates me forever. Nah, bro, you, bro, come on, bro. Look, Flacco, bro, I know you're going to watch. You, let me give you your flowers again. My nigga, you really doing some shit in this space. For one, you being African, I know you don't see it because you're, you're already up there and shit. But someone who's at the grassroots level, the Africans like, nigga, you doing it, bro. We got someone that's sitting... I'm no jumper every day. African, bro, we should be able to reach out to the nigga if we got some shit going. And be like, hey, woo woo. But you know what I mean? We can't do that. So, bro, if you don't want to do that, cool. We know what you're doing is working for you. But at least just, I mean, op- like, leave some space. You don't got to open the door, but leave some space. And don't close the door, actually. <laughs> and it ain't no beef, bro. We from Africa. We're not bloods or crips. We don't have gang, anything gang between us. We're squares. Bro. You identify as a square? Yeah, I identify as a square. That's probably wise. Yeah, because being I mean, a square is underrated. I'm I very sw- happy to be a square at this moment in my life. I mean, there's a time where you know, young nigga being in the streets, but once you get older and realize that shit is a facade and you got faked out, I mean, what the fuck would you still want to be a part of that shit for? I'm not talking about gangs, just living the street life, living the criminal life. It's like you only gonna die or end up in the streets. Well, so. I mean, somebody like Wack 100 will tell you that joining a gang was probably the worst decision he ever made in his life. And that's for somebody who's basically famous for being a gang member. You know? Yo, Wack One, I love the show, by the way. Wack One Hundred is a crazy nigga, but Cash Jones is a brilliant nigga. Mm. I've been in his rooms, and he be giving game. I think okay, Wack One Hundred is kind of like the clubhouse persona. Mm-hmm. The, the what he had before that, I didn't know this until recently, but he was Crip Killer Wack at one point when he was behind bars and one. Yeah, it was C Blank. 
know what I mean? See, I didn't know that. Yeah, but I mean, to see where he's developed into now, telling people straight up, like, nigga, that shit's stupid. Don't do it. Selling diapers. Yeah, that's that's fire, bro. Yeah. And like his marketing shit, like you got to think what Blueface is doing for his his label and shit. Like that comes from whack. Well, watch Whack 100's Vlad interview if you want to see a peek into his mind and and how he's got where he's at. Like, I, I mean, used- it's kind of crazy just because when you really look at it. His gangster period, his his like fucking up period was like a long time ago. Like yeah. He's been kind of on the straight and narrow for a long time now, rel- uh, relatively speaking. Bro, I've, been, I've talked to him for like three, four hours straight, like many nights in a row. Like I was in the clubhouse room back when he was doing the, the, the 6 9 shit and all that. Uh-huh. I Many nights chopping it up with him, just talking about current topics and shit like that. And the amount of game he gives about the industry and shit. Like I didn't know the government gives grants for rappers and shit. Like you can attain all that, so, like rappers. Yeah, like I'm telling you, Cash. If you listen to Cash, Cash give you game. Wack 100. I'm not a street nigga. I can't really speak to that. <laughs> For sure. All right, I got to get back to the crib. I appreciate you coming on. I'm very interested to see the fallout from this. You and I both. <laughs> it's gonna be interesting. Definitely, some things may happen. It'll help to keep the discourse going. I think we could have some interesting conversations after this. Hopefully, let's see what happens. Shout out, MJ. Man, shout out to you, bro. This shit. Hey, man, kids, don't give up on your fucking dreams. I've been messaging this man for almost close to four years, man. Been in crazy situations, all this type of shit. For me to be sitting here, man, it's fucking crazy, unreal. And they, they need to go on YouTube and search MJTV, basically, right? Yeah, go on YouTube, MJTV. My Instagram is underscore MJTV, uh, MJTV2. And shit, bro, this is crazy, bro. This, thank you for... Uh, Thank you for this opportunity, bro. I ain't going to lie to you. This is this is unreal to me. My pleasure, man. It was uh, great to talk to you, and I feel like big things may be coming from here. Yes, God willing. Hell yeah. My guy. My guy. Appreciate bro. you. Appreciate you, bro. Pushing peace. Shout out PF. We're going to push some peace. Like, comment, subscribe. No Jumper, the coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, TikTok, Patreon, etc. Nojumper.com if you want to support. Subscribe, comment, all that. I would love to hear what you guys think of this, honestly. So we out.